Welcome back. It's the Razball Fantasy Baseball Podcast. I am beat on, joined by the fantasy master, Lothario himself, Gray Albright. How you doing over there, Gray? Good, man. Just back from New York. I was there for uh, Tat Wars, NL only, 12 team. But really, there's only one team, right? <laughs> ah, Gray Albright's team. What? <laughs> that would be... Uh, that would actually be a fun league to be in, a one-team league. A one-team league, just whatever, just whatever, whatever happens but a, to win. Uh, a one-team league, but multiple personality. <laughs> <laughs> one-team league, but the guy has multiple personality. Uh, okay, anyway, uh, yeah, I'm back from New York. Uh, I'm on uh, four-hour sleep. Let's do this! Yeah, I mean, I haven't looked at your team actually yet, but I'm just guessing you spent a lot on hitting, uh, some on pitching, because you have to. Basically, and that's uh, that's how the team came out. Yeah, yeah, no, totally. I uh, I like my team. Uh, I'll do a write up this week, and uh, actually, by the time this, uh, by the time people are listening to this, there already might be a write up on the site. So, yeah, I I like the team. A lot, a lot of hitting. And uh, pretty iffy on the pitching. <laughs> and some arms just just to fill out a roster, yeah. Speaking of which, let's talk pitching. Let's talk some, some back-end pitchers here. At number 41 is Jeffrey Springs. Last year he went 9-5. and five. He had a two four six ERA, a one oh seven whip, 144 strikeouts, and 135 innings. Young projected for a 10-6 record, 308 ERA, 105 whip, 166 strikeouts, and 153 innings. He had 25 starts. He really hasn't been a starter since 2017. Seeing a bit of a late breakout after he got to Tampa Bay and they taught him the magical changeup that they teach everybody. Mm. Yeah, no, completely. I, I just want to say, uh, too, on the, uh, on, in, the, in the big picture here, we have uh, we're, we're 40 picks in uh, to... Um, which we call it to the pitchers, obviously. <laughs> well, welcome to welcome to the podcast, Greg. <laughs> um, but I just want to say that, like in the big picture, you see, like if you remember back to like our our our, our uh, outfielder uh, podcast when we went from uh, you know fifty to a hundred, it was already bad. <laughs> it, was already, it was already like, uh, was like these know. are five, six, seven outfielders for your teams at that point. Yeah, still. yeah. It was like you know, it's like good luck. I don't know, Mike Dostrimsky <laughs> might be good. Hope you grabbed I mean, outfielders I mean, early. Mike Dostrimsky might get at bats, but now you look at like the pitching and you're like, these guys are great. <laughs> I don't. I mean, there's so many good pitchers still. It's so crazy that like people are still. They they look at like the uh, pitching and they're like oh 
you got to get your pitching early. Otherwise, you know, you're going to you're not going to have any pitching. Um, and then you look at the actual pitchers that are going this late in drafts. And you're like, well, I mean, this guy's really good. <laughs> next, <laughs> the next guy's great. Uh, the guy after that's really good. The guy after that's really good. Like I could basically you could probably make up a pitching staff for a 12 team mixed league. At least you could probably make up a pitching staff of just the tier of players that we're talking about today. I mean, it's possible, right? Yeah, I think it is. Uh, actually, the, we just had the uh, Warsh draft, which is the Waffle House area, whatever, whatever draft. Um, and I essentially kind of did that. I, I waited and waited and waited on pitching, as as I tend to do. For, the, for, and people, that's how who came out. Familiar, for people who aren't familiar, um, like moi, <laughs> how, many teams, how many teams is that? Uh, it's a 15-team NFBC okay. league, so uh, two yeah. catchers. You know, the kind of the standard fifteen team league. Yeah, right. Like the uh like the draft champions basically. Yeah, but but my not, first... not not draft and hold though, right? Right. No, no, not draft and hold. Um it's, so... uh, it's it's fab. Right. Um okay, yeah. I mean in a league like that, a fifteen team league, I, I mean that's a little bit deep to be punting pitching completely, but you can see how you can get like we're only at like number three starters at this point like if you're and if you're really like you know if you're pushing it they could be number twos possibly but i mean they're not bad starters like i wrote you know like jeffrey springs uh is that is that who we're talking about by the way (laughs) yeah (laughs) it's been so long uh jeffrey springs i wrote a sleeper post about him now i uh like you said i mean he was you know um he he wasn't really that stretched out uh, previous years. Last year he had 135 uh, and a third innings, uh, which and great innings. I mean, he had a 2.46 ERA <laughs> and a 9.6 K per nine in 135 innings. I mean, it's kind of like if you got that from Degrom, you would be happy, right? <laughs> I mean, honestly, like I know Degrom's going to strike out more guys in theory. If he were to actually get to 135 innings, okay. <laughs> but I mean, honestly, like Jeffrey Springs, I know he's not an ace, and I, I mean, I still think like I'm drafting him everywhere. I still think he's he's like a solid number two that is going as a number three, in my opinion. I mean, and also like Jeffrey Springs specifically, he just got a big contract from the Rays, the Rays don't pay anyone. They're going to have him. I mean, they may not throw him for 200 innings just because, I mean, that would be silly to do, but I mean, they're going to throw him for 150 innings. If assuming he's healthy, which there's no reason why he shouldn't be. He is just, I mean, he's so, he's so solid that you look at him and you're like, how is this guy going at like what's his ADP like 150 like <laughs> there's so much pitching here man <laughs> yeah right? it's it's kind of crazy like where his ADP is versus the numbers that like he could potentially give you and wouldn't i mean we're not even talking about him you know breaking out or adjusting like just throwing a few more innings and yeah he's going at 161 right now so just another reason to wait. I will say in that draft, I waited until the sixth round, which is later than I normally wait for pitching, but I just wanted to give it a try. 
my my first five starters were Logan Gilbert, Logan Webb, Lance Lynn, Kodai Singa, and Jesus Lazardo. I mean, I'm perfectly fine. That's innings. That's strikeouts. I'm I'm fine. Like it, it's perfectly okay. Um, you know, I thought a few other aces were going to drop, or guys I think will be potential aces would drop, but that's that's the risk you take if you wait that long. But again, I know, like honestly, fine. like if you were to, sorry, not to interrupt you, but if you were to say like Garrett Cole were to give you a nine point six K per nine and a two point four six ERA. You'd be like, he's going in the top twenty overall, <laughs> and that's what Jeffrey Springs just did. Like, I, I mean, I get that Cole's going to throw more innings. I understand all that, but honestly, like, you look at Springs' numbers from last year, and of course, ERA isn't necessarily a great predictor of future uh, outcomes. But I mean, Springs is so good. It's not like. His other peripherals aren't jumping off the page. Like, he doesn't walk anyone. He strikes out guys. He's in a good park. I, I, I don't know, man. I mean, I really think, like, there's so much pitching. <laughs> anyway, sorry. There, there I, is. Uh, moving on to our next guy at 42 is Jesus Luzardo. Last year he went 4-7. and seven. He had a 3-3-2 ERA, a 104 whip, 120 strikeouts, and 100 innings. You have projected for an 8-9 record, 3-2-1 ERA, 106 whip, 164 strikeouts in 142 innings. He had velocities up across the board in 2022, leaned on the slider more, ditched the sinker, kind of ditched the change as well. And, I mean, the results were phenomenal. Yeah, I, and I wrote a sleeper post on him too because, again, like, and these guys, like, honestly, if, if we were to say, like, Am I going out on a limb with these guys as sleepers? No, I'm not. I'm not. Like, these aren't risky picks. Like, these are just guys that are going, like, 70 picks after they should be going. Like, you look at Jesus Lazardo, and you see his numbers. And once again, you look at, like, a 10.8K per nine and a 332 ERA. Oh, I mean, it's, he's an ace. He's an ace. <laughs> he's an ace, bro. Like, it's, I mean, I, I, again, I understand ERA isn't everything. But if you look at the rest of his numbers, it, well, like, it's like, what numbers do you want to look at to try and like uh, knock you off the page? Like, it's like his xFIP was great. His walks were solid. His, I mean, everything. Like you said, the velocity, the com- like the command's good. The velocity's good. Like, he's in a great park. He's got good a good pitching staff, like um like his co- I mean his coaches like they they everyone every Marlins starter's good all the time always <laughs> like they're all good, <laughs> yet people are like you know what oh, I'm gonna have to take a I'm gonna have to draft a starter in the top twenty. <laughs> Okay. Anyway, I like Jesus Lazardo yeah. as well. <laughs> I like him as well. Like I said, I waited until the sixth round to draft a pitcher. He's my SP five gray. I am so fine with that. Logan right. Gil- SP five. <laughs> SP five, bro. For the numbers I just rattled off. I mean, I just closed his player page, but what was it? 10, 10 plus K per nine yeah. and a barely three ERA last year? Ah, I mean, I get it. It doesn't mean he's going to be a barely three ERA this year, but come on, man. I mean, as a <laughs> SP5? 
What are we doing? Exactly. <laughs> what are we doing? Seriously. And you have people, people who are honestly, I'm not saying they're dumb. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not out here saying they're dumb people. There's actually really smart people that are still like, you gotta, you gotta hit, you gotta bang, you gotta, you gotta double tap starters in the, in rounds two and three. Like what? <laughs> Dude, what? There's so many starters, man. Starters are not my problem. It's trying to find late hitting. That's my problem. <laughs> okay, anyway. Yeah, ahead. the discussion that I have with Rudy all the time, basically, every once a week, we, me and Rudy go through this discussion pretty much. Um, number 43 is actually my SP1 in that same league, Logan Gilbert, <laughs> who went 13-6. and six. He had a 3-2-0 ERA, 1-1-8 whip, 174 strikeouts, and 185 innings. You're projected for 9 and 10, 371 ERA, 1-1-6 whip, 177 strikeouts, and 102 innings. Um, I will say, if you kind of look at his stat page, 2021, he had like three bad starts that made the numbers look a lot worse. So really, just kind of uh, just push that aside a little bit. Struggled a little bit in August, didn't throw the slider quite as much. So maybe a slight concern that there was there was an issue with his arm as the season wore on and he had the innings build up. But other than that, Logan Gilbert was great last year, and I just kind of expect it to continue. Again, great park. Was great already last year. It was already great. Like, we're not telling you, like, we're not looking at guys who are, like, just appearing in the majors who had a five-year-A, but we're like, oh, Herman Marquez can get better. <laughs> you know? <laughs> we're, not, we're, not, like, we're not, like, trying to reinvent the wheel here. Like, these pitchers were already good. <laughs> they could potentially get better. Yes, they were already good. You know? <laughs> like, I don't know, man. Like, it's like... Logan Gilbert's another guy. Uh, I mean, I just, I love him too. Like all these guys. Honestly, as I was writing in my rankings, uh, we'll get to pitchers who I, I don't like uh, in a little bit. But as I was writing my rankings, I really struggled to find bad starters. <laughs> I struggled. <laughs> I struggled to find guys who I was like, eh, I can, you know, take a pass on him. Because there's so many guys. And you only need like maybe six in most leagues. And that's like, you know, that's an average ballpark. Like in a deeper league, you might need, you know, seven or eight starters, but in a shallower league, you might only need like four, uh, you know? So it's like six is a good ballpark for uh, most leagues. But yeah, I mean, you don't need a lot of these guys. Like you need like to draft like, so many you need to work on your hitting <laughs> work on your hitting man i'm talking to you guy who's right now you in the nissan ultima who's driving on the 405 i'm talking to you bro work on your hitting <laughs> you're thinking about double tapping corbett burns garrett cole at the turn do work something else <laughs> all right number 44 here is Pablo Lopez. Last year he went 10 and 10, 375 ERA, 117 whip, 174 strikeouts, and 180 innings. You have him projected for 11 and 9, a 324 ERA, a 114 whip, and 177 strikeouts, and 174 innings. He struggled a little bit the second half, uh, but kind of played with his pitch mix. But I mean, he's Pablo Lopez. He was, he was still good. I mean, Again, it, it goes to the depth of the position to say that Pablo Lopez is not ranked in the top top forty pitchers. Yeah, yeah. I mean, exactly. You know, like if you were going, I'm just, I'm, I am really beating. 
I am beating this horse, man. PETA is going to knock down my door and be like, stop beating this dead horse. But if you look at like maybe 15 years ago when there was like so much hitting or even, I don't know, maybe 10 years ago when there was so much hitting and you wanted to make the case for like you needed to get pitching early because there's just so much hitting and pitching, it gets scarce real fast. You maybe you could have made that case last like like last decade can't make it right now unless the ball changes and we don't know it's going to change so i mean that's just complete hypothetical that you know there's no basis in reality if the ball is the same which i'm assuming it's gonna be it's a dead ball bro <laughs> it's a dead ball like every pitcher's good like if you look around the league like pablo lopez had an off year last year and he still had a three seven five year right <laughs> Like, I mean, how much, like, how good do you need your pitching to be? You know, it's like in most leagues, you're winning leagues with a 3.6 or lower ERA. So, I mean, you don't need an insane, like, you don't need to have, like, a a 3.2 ERA. I mean, 3.2 will probably get you first place in ERA, but you don't need first place. You just need to get, like, you know... Uh, somewhere like in the top third of your league for your right. Um, so anyway, uh, Pablo Lopez. Yeah. I mean, he got traded to the twins. I like, you know, the twins is, it's still a uh, Hubert H Homer free dome. It's still a solid park for him. He'll be, uh, I think he's, he's actually a guy I like a lot for bounce back. He had uh, his case were down a little bit last year, but I, I, I could see them bouncing back. And even if they don't bounce all the way back to like 2021 when he had a 10.1 year, uh, uh, 10.1 K per nine, even if they get up to like a 9.3 K per nine, he has really good command. I mean, the command's really what's selling you here. He has a solid command. If he gets like, you know, in a, as long as he avoids like unlucky uh, Babbitt, he should be really solid for like, you know, a three and a half ERA and good solid Ks. Another another just really solid number three uh, starter. Yeah. And for what it's worth, uh, you know, I, I haven't seen it yet, but he's he's ditching the cutter for a slider, um, which could help with, you know, again, some of the bats missed. And he's, you know, he's just the guy who kind of mixes his pitches up somewhat. So, and also, and also with your, uh, you mentioned the second half wasn't great. The second half wasn't good for ERA, but he actually had the 15th lowest hard contact percentage uh, for the season and 16th lowest for the second half. He was really, he got beat up. Uh, his FIP was really like insane. He had the eighth highest difference in ERA and FIP. In the second half, so he was really getting beat up in the second half for uh, being unlucky. So, yeah, I would take I would take his second half with a grain of salt. I think he's going to be really solid. Yeah, I, I agree. And he had a three eighteen BABIP in the second half compared to a two fifty six in the first half. So even if you meet him in the middle, like you said, it's like a three five ERA, which is just just fine where where you're drafting an SP three. Number forty five is Lance Lynn. Last year he went eight and seven. He had a three nine nine ERA a one one three WHIP. 124 strikeouts and 121 innings. You have projected for a 10 and 7 record, 348 ERA, 109 whip, 139 strikeouts, and 135 innings pitched. He missed the start of the season, struggled on his return, but second line, second half was much more in line with what we expect from Lance Lynn. Yeah, I know completely. And if uh, I mean, I don't have 
the numbers in front of me, uh, but I would guess his uh, his K minus walks for uh, like that was he probably had one of the lowest uh, uh, one of the worst ERAs for K minus walks. I mean his he was so good. I mean if you just look at his numbers, like a a nine point two K per nine and a one point four uh, walk. Or a twenty-four uh, percent uh, strikeout rate and a, a under four percent walk rate, uh, a K a K minus walk of twenty point five percent. It's like it, to have a three point nine nine ERA. He he was really unlucky. He had to be really unlucky. Um, he's so solid too. I mean, he's really like Lance Lynn. I've drafted already in a couple leagues. I I love Lance Lynn because. Like he feel like even though last year he was a little banged up, and uh, you know I I don't necessarily know like he's gonna stay healthy this year, but he feels like a workhorse that will be like you know good for 150 plus innings and just really solid ratios across the board. Like a uh, a 1.13 WHIP last year in what was you know, an unlucky down year. Uh, you know, I, I, again, Lance Lynn guy, I'm, I would draft Lance Lynn everywhere. Yeah. I basically have drafted Lance Lynn everywhere. Um, he mm-hmm. kind of just fits the mold of what I'm looking for in that range. Like I expect innings. I expect the ratios to be good strikeouts to be, you know, right in line with what he's always done. And I mentioned the second half was much more in line with what we normally see from him. The numbers there, he was at a two, five, two ERA, a 0.97 whip, a 26% K rate, and a sub 3% walk rate. So, I mean, fantastic numbers. Even if he doesn't quite put up those, like you're going to be happy with what you get from Lance Lynn. Up next is number 46, Kodai Singa. You haven't have projected for 10 and 9, 361 ERA, 119 whip, 143 strikeouts, and 152 innings. Uh, in... You know, I was going to read his his numbers from last year, but they're they're almost irrelevant since he's, since he's making the jump over. I uh, yeah, I mean he's been probably the most puzzling guy for me in drafts because like you look at his numbers from like you know even if Japan isn't necessarily you know a direct uh, uh, translation for stats over to the U.S. I mean you look at his numbers. And anyone who's put up those sort of numbers in the uh, MPB, they've come over and they've been so much better than people are giving him credit for in in like ADP wise. Like he, I was saying, I think I said it on uh, the site. Um, I said it somewhere <laughs> that I think Senga is probably the safest bet to jump. 100 spots from ADP from this year to next year. Like, there's other guys. Obviously, there's guys that are going to jump up. Like, you know, guys always come out of anywhere. Maybe Kalenic finally figures it out. I mean, maybe a guy who, you know, like Aronis Contreras or, you know, just I'm just grabbing names out of the thin air. Like, maybe guys break out. Like, but I'm saying Senga, if you had to put a bet on one guy absolutely moving up a hundred spots from this year to next year, I, I can't imagine anyone is a safer bet than Sanga. Like he is clearly a top 100 starter that just happens to be going 
around like 200 overall. <laughs> Like, it's like, why? I don't know. I don't know why. Honestly, I have no clue. I, I'm, it's baffling to me. Like, he is, if I, maybe people are just afraid of the unknown. Oh, poor baby. You're afraid of the unknown? <laughs> I was talking to you again in the Nissan Ultima. I, uh, I think Senga is so, like, rock, like a floor. Like, he's, his floor is so rock solid. He's probably a number two that is going as late as some number fours. Like I, I honestly, I, I don't know. I don't know what to tell people. Like I've drafted Senga in probably like seven of eight leagues so far. <laughs> he's just sitting there. I mean, he's sitting there, and it's like, okay, if you want actual like numbers, the Mets are going to win a ton of games. He's going to win a ton of games. He's a strike. He he's going to get a nine, probably a nine point four or higher K per nine. His command is a little wonky, but I mean, no more so than like you Darvish. Like he's he's definitely not like a low two and a half uh, walk rate guy. But it's not going to be like it's not going to be four plus either. It'll probably be like. Low three uh, walk per nine. He's going to get, like, the park is good. He's going to get, like, at least a three. I, I, I mean, a three and a half ERA. I, I mean, Senga's just, he's no-brainer. Like, honestly, the number one no-brainer in drafts this year has been Senga for me. It's like, where he's going, I don't even wait for ADP. I usually take him around, like, 150, which is, like, 30 picks before ADP. Yeah, I mean, he's going so late in drafts that you can, you know, if you just pencil him in as you're like SP3, SP4, it feels it feels such a strong, like such a strong ad where he's going. I agree. I think everything uh, about him looks like he's going to perform well. Maybe the only thing I might slightly disagree on in the statement is that the Mets are going to win a bunch of games. Uh, the Mets, if they stay healthy, should win a bunch of games. Uh, the health thing. That's already started to fall apart. So I, I don't know if that, that'll stay together. But in general, I'm, I'm with you on Senga. Moving on to the next tier at 47 is Freddy Peralta. Last year, he went 4-4, 3-5-8, 104 whip, 86 strikeouts and 78 innings. You have down 4, 9-11, ERA, 1-1-1 whip, 142 strikeouts and 136 innings. He had the lat issue during the season. He had a shoulder issue at the end of the season. He always seems to miss some time, but I mean, if you're chasing upside, and uh, I always am, Freddie Peralta always seems like a good upside gamble. <laughs> it's like the Mondesi of pitchers, except that he's actually been on the field for 104 innings, 144 innings once. Yeah, you're uh, yeah, you're in the uh, the same ballpark. I feel like as uh, Jeff, our our past uh, podcast host, that because he was in. Uh, I, he drafted uh, Peralta. He was showing me his team, uh, you know, last week or something. And he was like, he was asking me what I thought of it. And he had drafted Peralta. And I was like, I'm out on Peralta. For people who don't, who people who haven't looked at my rankings, this is a new tier. And I'm out on Peralta. Um, I just worry. Honestly, I just worry about the uh, the health. It's nothing more than that. I've I've loved Peralta for so many years. And, uh, you know, I was always in on him. I was in on him. I was, I was in on Peralta before anyone. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm Mr. Peralta. 
People call me Mr. Peralta at the supermarket. They love, they know I love Peralta. But honestly, I'm just, I can't mess with them. I, I just can't. It's just, it's the uh, shoulder, the shoulder inflammation last year has got me off of them. And as I said earlier, there's just so many starters that if I even have the smallest issue with a player, I'm not drafting them. It's fine. There's another 70 pitchers to draft. I don't need to take anyone who I'm worried about. So, unfortunately, this year I'm out on Peralta. But you know, go with God. I hope he's good for you. I'm, I'm, you know, I don't, I don't risk, you know, bad health on him. But I'm just not drafting. Fair enough. I mean, he's going in a range where you don't necessarily have to be completely in on him um, to to get him. But I, I understand. There's other pitchers in that area that uh, you know, you've already ranked. Or that you could definitely talk yourself into if you needed this or that, uh, like Lance Lynn's in that area. If you need, you know, more what seems like safer innings, Jesus Lazardo, who we talked about, who I absolutely love, is in that area. So I mean, there's a number. Jeffrey Springs, who was who led this whole thing off, is going, you know, twenty picks after him. So there's no reason you have to reach for Freddie Peralta. Just if he happens to ever give us 170 innings, it's going to be fantastic. And uh, that's always what I'm chasing. Uh, number 48 is Tony Gonsolin. Last year, he went 16-1, and one, a 2-1-4 ERA, a 0.87 whip, 119 strikeouts, and 130 innings. You have him down for a 10-9 record, 3-6-4 ERA, 1-1-3 whip, 145 strikeouts, and 157 innings. He's never thrown a lot of innings. Don't really feel like that's ever going to happen, but like he performs every year somehow. Yeah. He's also, uh, I think his ankle is banged up, so he's going to probably, uh, start the year on the IL, but it doesn't sound like it's a major concern. I haven't, I actually haven't moved him in my rankings, uh, because it didn't sound like a major concern. And also I'm not drafting him anyway. So <laughs> I mean, it's like out <laughs> usually when guys are not, uh, you know, not going to, you know, usually when I'm not going to draft a guy, I just sort of, I don't really mess with them, like with because the, they're already he's already probably low uh, in uh, the rankings for you know versus other people. So you know, like why bother moving him even further down? Because I already have him down. Uh, anyway, you know, long story short is I'm not drafting him. I think last year, like last year. He was, like, so insanely, like, the Dodgers pixie dust. Whatever they're doing over there. I don't know what they're doing. <laughs> I don't know, like, if there's uh, I you know, everyone talks about how the Astros were cheating. Uh, I don't know. In a couple of years, I feel like there's going to be an expose where it's like, oh, so the Dodgers were actually throwing a, a weighted <laughs> ball. <laughs> uh, there's something going on there, man. Uh, you know, this is uh, all conjecture, and uh, I am not liable for lawsuits. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> but, yeah, to your point, he had an 84% left on base, a 207 Babbitt. Like, an 84% left on base is for guys who have a 33% K rate, not a guy who has a 23% K rate. Like it, it was absolutely ridiculous how how lucky he was. Again, he always has the num like the, the the ratios, the ERA, WHIP are always on point. Um, but that it just it never feels right. He just a guy I never really tend to own unless I'm really just searching for some you know some ratios at the very end. And it's always in limited innings too, because a he gets hurt and b he plays for the Dodgers. So you just you never know what innings wise you're gonna get from either. 
Moving on to number 49 is Lucas Giolito. He went 11-9 last year, a 4-9-0 ERA, 1-4-4 whip, 177 strikeouts, and 161 innings. Yeah, I'm projected for 12-8, and 3-8-2 ERA, 1-3-1 whip, 182 strikeouts, and 171 innings. Uh, this was maybe one of the biggest disappointments that was, you know, not specifically injury-related across the board at pitching last year. Um where are you at? Uh, excuse me, Jose Barrios would like a word. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Jose he was Barrios. Drafted, what? Jose, Jose Barrios is on line one. Hold on one <laughs> second. Uh, Jose, yeah, how can I help you? You want to you screw me again this year? <laughs> oh, man, come on, bro. Uh, I I liked uh, Giolito last year, and he gave me the old, oh, he gave me the old, ah, the old, how's your father? Oh, the old, oh. Um, yeah, I, uh, I, I'm all about the bounce back. Hey, hey, I'm Mr. Bounce back. You know what? I go to the supermarket and they're like, Hey, are you Mr. Bounce back? <laughs> but honestly, I ain't messing with Giolito. I'm sorry. Like I said, repeatedly, like I've said so many times, there's so many starters. I'm just not messing with Giolito. I mean, maybe he bounces back and you know what? More power to him. Like I always say that it's like, if I'm drafting correctly, it doesn't matter if other people hit on their stuff. Like, I should still be okay. I should still be good. Even if, like, you know, the guy who takes Giolito in my league gets a, a good price for him, it's like, okay, great. I, that's fine. I'm hoping to still be better with, with my team. So, you know what? If you take Giolito and he does well for you, hey, more power to you. All, all the best, but... I am not messing with Giolito. He was so bad last year. I mean, uh-uh, no way. Not me, man. <laughs> he had some very weird numbers last year. On the road, he had a 3-8-3 area. At home, he was a 6-0-8. But somehow, the White Sox hitters couldn't hit at all at home. So that makes no sense at all to me. What is that, um, bro? What is that? What and is like that? his ERA. A, a 6-point. <laughs> what? Did you think 6 points? <laughs> Yeah. A six point yep. something. At oh, home man, where nobody dude. could hit oh. on the White Sox. Oh. But where no one. Where no one. We're like the we're like the best hitter was like Gavin Sheets. <laughs> but he got lit up. <laughs> dude, I don't know what's going I don't know what was going on with the White Sox. They were honestly like their hitters were so like blah. Good for average, but no power whatsoever. But their pitchers all gave up so many home runs. Lance Lynn gave up a lot of home runs, too. It's like, what's going on, man? <laughs> what? what Are they using a different ball when the White Sox are pitching? Is that like because Manfred doesn't like Reinsdorf or something? I, I thought they were buds. What's up? Oh, oh, if, we could, if we could get Jerry Reinsdorf pissed off, that'd be great for everybody involved, quite honestly. Um, I will say, like, Giolito is maybe the case for – fastball velocity like his his numbers are directly tied to fastball velocity when he was sitting 94 plus he was an ace now that he is sitting he ended the season at 91 he's sitting 92 93 this spring for what it's worth he was sitting 92 most last year like if he's not going to get back to 94 you probably don't want him on it honestly um so i took some shots early on but i have backed off after seeing the spring training velocities Number 50 is Dustin May, who I absolutely love and have a little bit higher than this. But last year he went 2-3. and three. He had a 4-5-0 ERA, 1-1-7 whip, 29 strikeouts and 30 innings. He was kind of yo-yoed back and forth. He had some injury things. Like, he didn't really start. 
This year, you have projected for a 7-3 record, 2-6-4 ERA, a 107 whip, 102 strikeouts, and 95 innings. Gray, he has some nasty stuff. This is this is about the prospect pedigree and the stuff, not necessarily what the numbers say. Yeah. Right. Well, he was returning from Tommy yeah. John surgery, so there is that. Uh, it wasn't just injury. Well, it was injury. <laughs> I mean, that's what it was. <laughs> but, yeah, I get yeah, it. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that's, that's fair. You know what? Uh, it's a HIPAA violation either way, <laughs> so we'll just we'll just ignore that. Um, no, uh, so my problem with Dustin May, and I'm st- we're still in pitchers who I don't like. Uh, if you you know people listening and want to go with beat on, hey, more power to you. I'm I'm fine uh, yielding to beat on. If you want to draft Dustin May, go for it. My issue with him is like his career high for innings is like what fifty. <laughs> I mean, how many how many innings could this guy throw? Like maybe maybe he throws a hundred and twenty innings this year. Maybe like I put him down for uh, I project him for ninety five innings, and, and that's almost twice as much as he's pitched for like the last four years. So I don't know. I mean, I I, I actually like Dustin May. I'm with you. Like I I like uh, he's got good stuff. I think he's really talented. I wouldn't be surprised if he put together like a a gosling year from last year. Like he could be really good this year. I I just don't I worry about the innings, so I'm just out on him. Yeah, them. I don't tend to worry about innings once we get past, you know, the top 20 or so pitchers because at this point, like I'll find pitchers on the wire. You leave your draft, if you get four pitchers that you can have, can roster all year round, You've done a good job on your pitching staff. Like that's that's all you really need out of him. So if I can get Dustin May for half the season and maybe he gets sixth man or maybe he goes to the bullpen, then I just replace him with somebody else. I'm pretty fast leagues if we're not talking about NL only or you know draft and hold types. Like I I'm perfectly fine getting 20, 130 innings out of Dustin May and then figuring it out from there. Moving yeah. on to the next tier, that's number 51, Charlie Morton. Last year he went 9-6, and 4-3-4 year A, 1-2-3 whip, 205 strikeouts, and 172 innings. You have him down for 12-7, 3-7-6 year A, 1-1-7 whip, 192 strikeouts, and 167 innings. He had a terrible home run in the fly ball last year. Basically like had three pretty good months and three really bad months that all combined into like not great numbers. I'm not a Charlie Morton guy this year. Are, are you? Are you in on Charlie Morton? I am. So this is a, so this is a new tier again. Uh, yeah, I'm in on Charlie Morton. I think uh, you know I I see a second half of uh, 11.2 K per nine and uh, a 3.2 walk rate, and he usually you know he's usually around a 2.5 walk rate and not like uh, uh, veteran pitchers aren't necessarily you know they don't like get worse commands usually <laughs> like it's not a it's not a thing you usually lose as you get older is your command so i think it was like it was a fluky thing i think his command was pretty like his command being wonky last year was fluky so i wouldn't be surprised if he has a solid bounce back i and i also you know like we see with verlander and scherzer and you know so many other uh, you know, uh, Wainwright, uh, even though he looks terrible in the spring, uh, but Wainwright up until up until this spring, uh, you know, older starters have been pretty good for like a fantasy value uh, later on for having like 
pretty safe, usable fantasy value. And Charlie Morton's held on. He's held on to his Ks really well as he's gotten older. And his uh, his velocity is more or less where it has been for the last couple of years. So, yeah, I'm, I'm in on Charlie Morton. Again, Braves, good team, should be solid for wins. I like him. I, you know, we're at a point now. Like Charlie Morton is my first uh, number four uh, starter. So I think, uh, you know, at this point, you know, there's gonna be there's gonna be some warts on some of these pitchers. They're not all gonna be like you know perfect. But Charlie Morton, I think, is a good guy for like you know solid innings. Good, possibly should be good for wins. Great, good solid K's and decent enough. On ratios. Yeah, I, I think it's kind of a if I need strike like total strikeouts at this point, I'm I'm fine going Charlie Morton. But outside of that, I'm not really in on him. The curveball wasn't breaking like it has been. Velocity was slightly down on the fastball. Uh, I feel like it's starting to go. And if you watched him pitch, like it, it wasn't that he was so the walk rate went up, but it was really him getting himself into a mess because he was locating so poorly last year. Um, so he was either missing the zone completely or he was just hanging curveballs right over the middle and people were just smashing the living shit out of it. Um, so it's just like there's blowups coming. Like that's how he's pitching now. I will say like most of those blowups came on very predictable matchups. So if you're matching him up, I feel like you can still do that with him. I just wouldn't roll him out there every single start. And you just kind of got to be aware of that a little bit with him. He tends to go earlier than I want him because some people just kind of are, are blanking out last year, and I'm I'm not doing that. Um, number fifty-two is Nick Lodolo. Last year he went four and seven, three six six ERA, one two five WHIP, one hundred thirty-one strikeouts, and one hundred and three innings. Young projected for an eight nine record, three five one ERA, one two zero WHIP, one hundred fifty-eight strikeouts, and one hundred twenty-nine innings. Uh, missed the first half due to back issues, and the second half. He had a 2.92 ERA, 106 WHIP, and a 21% K rate, sub nine walk per eight. So it was really just those first couple starts back that kind of threw the numbers off a little bit. I like me some Nick Lodolo. Yeah, no, I do too. Uh, you know, I, I will say that like Nick Lodolo or Charlie Morton or you know or number fours like these are uh, you know these are kind of contingent on how you've drafted your first three. Like, so a Charlie Morton is a, a better number four on a uh, fantasy staff that has like a little bit more risk up top. Whereas like, if you have solid, a solid three starters and uh, guys who are like rock solid, who you feel really confident in, I think Nick Lodolo is probably a better move than a Charlie Morton, you know? So it's just a matter of like how you're putting together your pitching staff. Lodolo though, I agree with like, you know, I don't really see, again, we're, you know, we're saying, you know, uh, uh, same stupid, <laughs> same stupid comments over and over again. But, like, you look at, like, a Nick Lodolo, and uh, I don't know his, uh, let's see where his ADP is. His AD, so his ADP is actually a little bit higher than I have him uh, ranked. But, I mean, again, there's just so many starters, man. It's like, if you want Nick Lodolo... Go, man. YOLO. <laughs> YOLO, bro. YOLO. Yeah, if, if you want Nick Lodolo, you ought to take him a little bit higher than where you have him. He's going kind of more in the Lance Lynn, uh, Nestor Cortez, Jesus Lazardo, uh, Giolito range. But that's fine. Like, any of those guys 
could give you similar numbers. I like him in that range. So it really just depends on which one of them happens to, to get to me. Um, you know, he's in Cincinnati, so the park's not great. The team's not, not good. So that could be kind of the determining factor when you're looking at maybe some of those other guys um, in that tier, though. Moving on to number 53, that's Brady Singer. Last year he went 10-5. and five. He had a 3-2-3 RA, 1-1-4 whip, 150 strikeouts, and 153 innings. You have him down for a 10-7 and seven record, 3-5-3 ERA, 108 whip, 186 strikeouts, and 184 inning. He improved the movement on his sinker. Second half numbers were even better than the numbers I gave you up top. He had a 2-5-3 ERA and a 105 whip. Brady Singer looks like a great ratios guy. K's, K's are, you know, may not always, may not be spectacular, but you're just going to take some some good ratios from Brady Singer. Yeah, no, completely. Also, uh, I wrote a Brady Singer sleeper post as well. He's a, he's just another guy where you look at his numbers from last year and you're like, just give me that again at his ADP, which is like 190 overall. I mean, you can't really go that wrong. <laughs> It's not like it's like how bad could that be? Like, I mean, I guess if he got unlucky on like Babbitt or you know his uh, or or homers allowed or left on base, maybe you know, like maybe he could get unlucky. But even if he just repeats last year, it's still like I mean he's he's already like he's already out earned an ADP of one ninety overall. Just by him repeating what he already did. Like, I, yeah, I mean, I don't know, man. I love Brady Singer. He's another guy who I'm drafting everywhere. He's an easy, he's, a, he's another easy one for me. It's like, I, because of his upside is uh, probably lower than most, I do think that he's probably a guy who will be drafted like next year around like, you know, at, at most maybe 150 overall. Like he's not going to take a huge jump. Like he's not a guy like you're not going to draft Brady Singer and get like a number like a top 10 overall starter. Like it, it, his upside is limited. Like you mentioned, the K's are not insane. Like he's really more of a ratios bad. He's kind of like. You know, they actually they said that um, you know Granky really helped him last year, and he is actually like kind of like a Granky-ish uh, type. Um, not Granky when Granky was very young, he he actually had a decent number of strikeouts. But I mean, he is now. But Granky now, as he progressed, as he got older, I could see Brady Singer how he was helped by Granky because you know the, the good command. Solid strike, solid, not spectacular strikeouts. It looks like you know. I, I see the uh, the imprint. Also, um, Granky won't pay Chipotle for their guacamole. Maybe Brady Singer brought that into the clubhouse. <laughs> you know, it, it, it's a feel. Yeah, maybe story. he makes his own and, and helps everybody out. Yeah. <laughs> maybe maybe <laughs> maybe he makes his own. Maybe you know, who knows? But it's a it's yeah. a feel good story. Uh, for Go what it's it. worth, I, I said he had a nineteen point six K rate. It was actually twenty four percent K rate. Nineteen point six was his K to walk rate. So uh, sorry about that uh, mistake right there. But yeah, I mean, I'm with you. Brady Singer is very solid. Maybe not ace upside, but. You know, again, very solid pitcher that you could add. And I, I like where he's going in drafts as well. Number 54 is Grayson Rodriguez. Last year in AAA, he went 6-1. and one. He had a 2-2-0 ERA, 0.93 whip, 97 strikeouts, and 69 innings. You have him down for an 8-3 record, a 3-3-7 
ERA, 107 whip, 127 strikeouts, and 106 innings. He's one of the top pitching prospects in baseball. High 90s fastball. He's vastly improved his changeup over the last couple of years. It is now a plus pitch, if not a plus-plus pitch. He has a good slider as well and a passable tight curveball. I mean, if Grayson Rodriguez starts in the rotation, uh, I mean, if we were assured of that, I feel like his ADP would have would be higher. Yeah, it's it's appropriate that in AAA last year he had 69 innings because Grayson Rodriguez makes me horny. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good uh, that's a good snippet. Just just cut, just that, cut that and play out. that over and over again on a loop. <laughs> yeah, just keep playing that. <laughs> that's our. That's our, uh, our our TikTok for this week. Uh, anyway, so Grayson Rodriguez, like I, you know, I mean, he's so, he. I've drafted Grayson Rodriguez probably more than I should because the Orioles are, you know, a bunch of cheap bastards, <laughs> and maybe they do try and suppress him even more and send him down. But uh, you know, in in most leagues. I'm going to hold him on my bench, even if they do send him down, which, you know, I don't, I honestly, I think he's in the rotation to start the year. So I, yeah, I mean, Grayson Rodriguez is going to be an ace for 120 innings, whether, whether it's from like April through August, or if it's, you know, May or June through September, it's going to be one of those, like, he's going to be an ace, like, (laughs) His stuff is ridiculous. I don't know, like, people who are not excited about Grayson Rodriguez, it's only because they haven't actually watched him pitch. (laughs) Like, his stuff is ridiculous. Like, you don't have to, you don't have to be a scout to look at Grayson Rodriguez and be like, oh, oh, that's good. (laughs) Oh, that's really, oh, that's really good. So, yeah, I've been, I've been drafting him everywhere. Like, it's so funny to, like uh, we were, uh, I think in our Rasball writers uh, group chat, uh, we were talking about Brett Beatty with this. But like Grayson Rodriguez to me is is similar in that like right now he's going around like 200 overall. But if he were to get sent down, or if he were just to start the year in the minors and he were on waivers and he were to get called up like a week into the season. His fab would be like three quarters of people's budgets. Like people would be like, "Oh my God, Grayson Rodriguez!" and they would like throw like so much money of their fab towards getting Grayson Rodriguez. But now, as they're able to actually draft him for free in drafts, they're like, mm, "I don't know, <laughs> uh, uh, maybe I don't know." There's always uh, uh, Jose Leclerc. <laughs> Like what, dude? How is you know how is Jose Leclerc? I mean, obviously saves versus starter, different thing, kind of. But okay, we'll take an actual starter. It's like how is John Gray to keep it in the in the Gray family? It's all this is all great, an all Gray podcast here. How's John Gray going within a mile of Grayson Rodriguez and like in drafts? Like it doesn't make any sense, man. Like it doesn't. Like how is like. I don't know. There's so many guys. Like you, you can go through like ADP and and just like pull your hair out because a lot of it doesn't make any sense. But like Grayson Rodriguez is, I mean, he's gonna be an ace. He's like, I, I, I honestly, I said about Kode Senga before that he's gonna dr- jump a hundred picks. I mean, Grayson Rodriguez is probably gonna jump a bunch too next year. Uh, I think he's a little bit riskier 
than Cody Senga, but I mean, Grayson Rodriguez for every inning he's pitching this year, it's going to be beautiful. Yeah, I mean, he's he's great. I have no issues with taking him. You know, it is again a team built thing. If you need innings, he's not going to be your guy. But if you're just chasing the upside, absolutely. And especially if you have room for him, if he gets sent down, you know, you get ahead of that, that bad process and you just roster him for a few weeks until he does come up. If he doesn't get the rotation spot right out of the, right out of the gate. Um, You know, it does look like the Orioles pretty much play consecutive days for the first few weeks, other than a few day breaks here and there. So, I mean, it's not a situation where, Without him, they can kind of still do the rotation. It feels like they're still going to need a five-man rotation. So either he's up in, you know, from the start or he comes in a little bit later. Either way, going to be fine. Moving on to the guy you just talked about, John Gray, at number 55. You have, or he Last year he was 7-7, seven and seven, 396 ERA, 113 whip, 134 strikeouts in 127 innings. You have him projected for 11 and 10, 377 ERA, 121 whip, and 154 strikeouts and 151 inning. I'm going to say this is maybe the first one that I'm not really uh, overly excited to talk about, Gray. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, he does elicit a little bit of a yawn. I'll, I'll say that. Um, you know, that's the it's in the name, Gray. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's a it's a bit cloudy <laughs> uh, on facts. <laughs> uh, I think John Gray, and also we'll just the next guy on the list is Sonny Gray. We could just do them both together because they are like so similar. Uh, as of you know, at least, some, they're going at ADP is actually they're like right next to each other in ADP. They're right next to each other in my rankings. They're really super similar. It's just like John Gray. Will give a little bit more um, strikeouts, and Sonny Gray has a little bit better command, so it's going to be a little. So he'll have, in theory, he should have a little bit better ratios, and they're both, you know, wins are a toss up either way uh, for most guys, and there's no different for these two. So yeah, I mean, they're they're both. I, I feel like I've I've drafted. Uh, I think I've drafted Sonny Gray. I don't know if I've drafted John Gray yet. Um, and I actually drafted myself in one league, which is, you know, I mean, people were like, are you sure you want yourself? And I was like, yeah, I've been working on my slider. Uh, but, yeah, I think, you know, Sonny Gray and John Gray are, like, basically, like, solid number fours. Not not exciting. They're not going to – they're not like Grace and Rodriguez. Um you know, uh, this is the the gray podcast. <laughs> the uh, they're not great, Grayson Rodriguez with the upside, but they're they're solid. They're fine. Yeah, I'll say on John Gray. The reason I kind of gave him a very meh intro is just like he. That's what he is. Like, there's not really there's no standout tool. He's just like meh across the board. Like maybe strikeouts. He's 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 uh, you know slightly above meh, but. The rest of it, like, I don't know where you're getting any kind of upside from. At least Sonny Gray, I mean, last year he had a 308 ERA in 119 innings. We're only two years removed from him being a 30% K guy. Now, I don't really expect that to come back. But, like, there's at least some upside shot with Sonny Gray. I, I don't know where the upside shot comes with John Gray. He's very, like, I need innings type type of guy. And he's not even, like, a... 180 inning guy so again i just don't know what the upside shot is on john gray just not a guy that ends up on on my rosters very often moving on to number 57 after sunny gray is drew rasmussen 
And last year, he went 11-7. and seven. He had a 2.84 ERA, a 104 whip, 125 strikeouts, and 146 innings. You have him down for 10-6, 3-3-3 ERA, 106 whip, 138 strikeouts, and 154 innings. The velocity dropped somewhat as a starter, but he's still averaging over 95 ERA whip numbers in line with 2021. I mean, I, I like Drew Rasmussen if you're not chasing Case. Yeah, no, completely. Yeah, no, I mean, his command is beautiful. Uh, so if you're probably, you know, you should at least get decent ratios. Uh, last year, I mean, if you're you're just like at a hundred and like a hundred and fifty innings, he's one hundred and forty six innings he threw last year, and uh, like if you're looking at guys who are like I don't know, uh, going at like when, where's his ADP? I'm looking it up. Hold on, one second. He's going at one seventy overall. One seventy overall. His ADP is um, he had one hundred forty six innings and. A 2.84 ERA and a 1.04 WHIP. I mean, he got it. I mean, you you can you throw a rock and you you are gonna hit seven starters who are gonna give you good ratios. <laughs> I mean, it's like this is ridiculous, man. You're at like you're at like the um, start. You're at the fourth fourth fantasy starter range for where you're drafting Drew Rasmussen. Uh, Drew Ma- Rasmussen. Rasmussen. <laughs> <laughs> Easy for me to say. You're you're drafting him at a range where, like, he's basically in most leagues. Like, if you want him, you can have him. Like, and his, you know, and he's giving ratios under a three ERA and a barely one WHIP. I mean, like you said, he doesn't strike out a ton of guys, but I mean, he's like he, he's easy. Like you bank you bank him is like. He he fixes your maybe your Dylan Cease earlier. Like if you, I'm not drafting Dylan Cease as we <laughs> talked about in the last podcast. But if you are drafting Dylan Cease, his ratios aren't going to be quite as good. But his K's are going to be insane. You match up Dylan Cease with Erasmus, and you're like, oh, okay. Well, I, I just you know, I'm I'm the best fantasy baseball person <laughs> ever. No, uh, this is this is going to be maybe a slight reach, but I'm, I'm just going to throw it out there because, A, we know Drew Rasmussen's never going to throw 200 innings. He pitches for the, the Rays. Like, the Rays don't don't have 200 inning pitchers. It just doesn't happen. But, like, what's the difference between Drew Rasmussen at 170 and Sandy Alcantara as the second, third pitcher off the board, Gray? Like, other than the innings. Nothing. Like, nothing. You, 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 you match up Rasmussen... And uh, a solid MR who who is free in the draft. You just take a you know a random middle reliever at like pick three hundred or yeah, off a of waivers. Michael King even. off of waivers last up, year. <laughs> yeah, you just pick up Michael King off of waivers and you team him up with Rasmussen. You have Sandy Alcantara. Mm, I'm sorry, did we just build Sandy Alcantara <laughs> out of waivers? Oh. Oh, my bad. I didn't know we were doing that. <laughs> and for what it's worth, the, the Rays were letting Rasmussen actually go into the sixth and sometimes even the seventh inning. Oh, my goodness. Like, that is unheard of for Rays starters. So, like, if he can go into the sixth. Yeah, yeah I mean, I, I mean, it, you know, in all fairness, he didn't start until the third <laughs> inning. But, <laughs> no, I'm joking. Yeah, no, completely. Yeah, no, I mean, he's 140-plus innings of solid ratios. Like you're not going to find 
Like, you're not going to find hitters that are the equivalent to Rasmussen <laughs> this late. I, I, I mean, it's so obvious to me that there's so many starters, man. Yeah, absolutely. Number 58 is Chris Sale. Uh, he, you know, he only threw five and two thirds innings, so I'm not even going to run through the numbers. But <laughs> you have him projected for five and three, three two six ERA, one oh two WHIP, ninety eight strikeouts, eighty four innings. I mean, do you remember how good Chris Sale was, Gray? Like that was such a fun time when Chris Sale was good. <laughs> oh my God. Okay, so you know what? I I do remember it, but you know who else remembers it? Everyone who's drafting him at one thirty <laughs> overall. <laughs> People lost their minds. On average, he's going before Nestor Cortez. Oh, okay. Um, uh, have you gotten hit in the head recently? Hey, hey, man. Do you have a concussion? Because you're drafting like it. Hey, 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 bro. Is something wrong with your brain? You might want to, hey, count to three backwards. <laughs> you got, I think you're drafting Chris Sale a little too early. Now, I mean, I don't know, man. Like, Chris Sale is like, it, it, like I, I get the upside. I get it, man. I get the upside play. But you look at Chris Sale, right? And his upside is probably, you know, it's fantastic, probably. <laughs> but Grayson Rodriguez is going 70 picks after him. <laughs> is that is that upside not as good? And at least you don't have, like, a like five years of him not being good, right? I mean, right? <laughs> I, I don't get the Chris Sale. I, I, for, people who aren't, who, for people who haven't read my rankings, I'm out on Chris Sale. This is a new tier. Um, I'm not drafting Chris Sale anywhere. People are out of their minds. Like, honestly, if he were going maybe 70 picks later, I would probably consider it. Like, I look at Chris Sale and I'm like, yeah, like, like Jake Flattery. Like, they're all, you know, they're all sort of in the same ballpark. Of, and Jake Flattery is actually next on the uh, in the rankings. It's just like, I mean, it's fine for a crazy upside pick if you want to like drop a, a buck on a uh, a pick six at the lotto if you're at the gas station and you're like hey man i'd like to win 300 million dollars give me one of those tickets <laughs> then sure then okay fine then draft chris sale later but at 130 overall are you people crazy bro are people crazy yes the answer is yes Greg. he should go 100 picks later like you said in the flaherty Barrios, Trevor Rogers, Tyler Maley, like that's the group that he belongs in. But he doesn't because he's Chris Sale. Um, I will say, like, for the five and two thirds innings he pitched and the 40 innings he pitched the year before, like, they were good innings. I, I wouldn't expect to get any innings from him, really, but they were good innings. So I, I see where people are going. I'm not going to do it at where he's currently going. You can get similar upside shots, honestly with a whole lot less risk where he's where he's currently at. Uh, next tier is Jack Flaherty. Uh, he had 36 innings last year. He pitched to a 4-2-5 ERA. Uh, his last 28 innings were to a 3-8-6 ERA, if that you know makes you feel any better. Young projected for a 7-7 seven seven record, 3-5-7 ERA, 1-2-3 whip, 119 strikeouts on 130 innings. I will say he did finish the season throwing 94-95, which is where he's kind of sat his whole career. 
92.5 average so far this spring, but he's still, you know, still kind of building up. And you saw, we saw that last year. He didn't get his fastest velocity right out of the gate. I'm, I'm kind of in on Jack Flaherty, but only if he keeps falling. Yeah, no, completely. That's what I was about to say. Like, I, this is the same tier, uh, uh, Chris Sale and Jack Flattery. This is a two-person tier. I, like I said earlier, I was I was struggling finding pictures I didn't like. So this is just, like, I was like, you know, it's only a two-person tier because I was just, I couldn't find other terrible pictures. <laughs> <laughs> but Jack Flaherty, I will say this for Jack Flaherty, like, he's young enough where I could envision a bounce back from him like i and his price is cheap enough in drafts where i I, honestly i haven't drafted jack flaherty and i don't plan on it but if someone were to take a jack flaherty flyer a uh a flyer a (laughs) flyerty that i could see that i I mean i i it wouldn't it wouldn't shock me if jack flaherty gets somewhat back to like because he was really good at one point and you know he got derailed for a little while and he's still only 27 so i you know i i could see the flaherty flyer but yeah i i it would have to be late and it it's probably not it's not going to happen for me but you know I hope it happens for my children. <laughs> no, I don't have kids. Uh, but yeah, I hope it happens. Yeah, I, I, it sounds <laughs> like I like Flaherty a little bit more, but I am I'm 100% keeping my you know expectations you know in in some some in, reined in a little bit because we we don't really know how he's going to come back. It may be a situation where I'm not necessarily starting him right off the bat because again he's sitting kind of 92 this spring. Once I see him kind of hit his velocity and get back to it. That's when I'll feel feel like I can go ahead and start him. But really not a bad guy to throw on your bench and wait and see. Number 60 is Merrill Kelly. He's kind of the complete opposite, uh, as well as our 61. I'm going to group these two together because basically in my mind, they're essentially the same thing. Merrill Kelly at 60 and Miles Mikolos at six, 61. A lot of innings, low Ks, should be solid ratios. Uh, I mean, you could do worse than that combination at 60 and 61 among pitchers, Greg. Yeah, no, completely. They they actually they remind me of uh, like before last year. It was like uh, Christian Walker and Hunter Dozier were uh, like tied at the hip. Where they they were like tied at the hip, like always in rankings next to each other and always having the same fantasy value. And then Christian Walker obviously uh, kicked Hunter Dozier <laughs> to the curb, <laughs> and he got he got cool with the uh, the the better first baseman. But uh, Merrill Kelly and Miles Miklos remind me of that because it's like they're 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 basically the same thing. Like it's like if you want. You know, and I, I've drafted both of them in multiple leagues. Like, we're back in, you know, a, a, a place with starters where I'm drafting them. Uh, these are, these are like, number five starters at this point. This is, like, you know, the guys who you're not, you're not looking for, like, crazy strikeouts. You just want, like, someone who's going to be solid for a bunch of innings and isn't going to kill you. And, you know, that's that's valuable in some leagues. I, you know, I, this weekend at tout wars, I drafted, uh, miles Mikolas because I needed innings. I, you know, it's not like an exciting pick, but when you're going with cheaper pitchers and you can't afford the aces, you know, it's, it's nice to be able to get like a good solid, you know, maybe 200 innings of good ratios potentially. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm in on both of them. 
for their price and knowing what you're, you know, knowing what to expect. Yeah. When, when you do weighted pitching, as you mentioned, you kind of have to grab some innings guys. You can't just go all upside and just take, you know, a bunch of hundred inning guys. You fit those in with your, your plan and where they fall in the draft, but you do need to stack some innings if you're going to wait at pitching. And so, yeah, Merrill Kelly and Miles Mikolas are, are good guys to grab late to just fill in some of those back end innings. If you do take a, you know, a Grayson Rodriguez or any of the, you know, any of the shorter inning guys we've kind of talked about to this point. Number 62 is Andrew Heaney. Last year he went 4-4, 3 3 one ERA, 109 whip, 110 strikeouts in 72 and two-thirds innings. Yum down for 8 and 5, 388 ERA, 126 whip, 144 strikeouts and 124 innings. He dealt with a shoulder injury, but before he saw we saw he had the best velocity of his career until he got hurt and he ditched the changeup. All of that led to, you know, kind of the best K rate we've ever seen in for from him. Uh, where are you at? Are you, are you buying into these Andrew Heaney changes if he could stay on the mound? Uh, you know, I I would buy into him more if he wasn't a, a Dodger last year. <laughs> <laughs> so it's really like I don't know what's going on there, man. There's something going on though with the Dodgers pitchers, as mentioned earlier with Gosling. I, I like uh, I like Heaney uh, for like the price if. Uh, if he's there, I could see drafting him. He's like the he's like the polar opposite. Like he's also in my mind, he's still a number five, um, or an early four, I guess, or an early five or a late four. Uh, anyway, uh, he's like the polar opposite of like uh, Mikolos and Merrill Kelly because like those guys are super safe, and Heaney's not safe at all. Like I don't, honestly. I have projections for him, as you read off, but I don't know what to expect from him. I we could get anywhere from like a uh, you know maybe sixty to seventy five innings of like uh, a nine K per nine, or like a hundred and forty innings of like a twelve plus K per nine. Like I don't know. I honestly I have no idea. And his ERAs have been all over the map too. So I I like him, but. He is uh, he's he's much riskier for, uh, you know, uh, I would draft him, but he's riskier than I usually go later starters like I, you know, because I, I try and be a little more conservative with my later starters in in most deeper leagues, at least, because, you know, you have to be uh, if you've gone a little bit riskier up. front. Yeah, he kind of sits at the bottom of that 200 plus upside group that I like I target one of them and, and I'll take one of them out of the draft and that's usually about it but it's like Flaherty um Trevor Rogers Sonny Gray and Andrew Heaney like those are the four arms that I'm generally looking at in the in that that range and it's and he kind of sits at the bottom of it because I maybe I don't buy it as much it is part of the Dodgers thing the shoulder injury worries me and the fact that it was like you know, it's one season out of all the time we've been waiting for Andrew Heaney to become a good pitcher. So, uh, <laughs> totally. And but I mean, the upside—the yeah, upside might be better than all like, those guys. He had, like, like he had the highest percentage of swings in last year in the major leagues, like above like Burns, above Strider, above McClanahan. Like he's phenomenal. If that last year was his, actually his real, reality. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. Moving on to number 63 is Ross Stripling. He signed with San Francisco. Last year he went 10-4, 301 ERA, 102 whip, 111 strikeouts, and 134 innings. 
You're projected for 8 9, 3 7, 7 ERA, 107 whip, 131 strikeouts, and 148 innings. He did set his career high in innings pitched at 32 years old, so at 33. I don't know if I project him for, you know, you, everybody has him generally under 150, which is, I think, the most we could potentially give him. But kind of like we were saying with a couple other guys, you know, he's going to give you solid solid ratios, or he should. K is probably not all that spectacular. Yeah, no, completely. But I, I, you know, I think he does like, he's so underrated. Like I, I didn't write a sleeper post on him because I think it would have put people to sleep (laughs) (laughs) because he's pretty boring. Yeah, he's pretty boring. So I, uh, but I think he's probably, he's one of the more underrated guys. Like he's going at 380 P and if you were to look at his numbers, like for his career, not just last year, but for like his career, I mean, he's basically Drew Rasmussen, like maybe a little bit, uh, like a, a a tad higher on strikeouts and maybe a little bit lower on command. But I mean, he's pretty much like a eight K per nine, low, super low two walk rate and a. Um, a three seven, like he has a three seven eight ERA for his career across uh, three uh, across six hundred and seventy two innings. So that's, I mean, that's a pretty safe number five. Like that, I, it's not exciting. Don't get me wrong. Like you're not drafting stripling and being like woo, but it's you can do worse. I think, uh, and his ADP, like you can draft him basically as like a number seven starter and he's a number five in reality yeah i don't know if i necessarily have him at five range but i'm with you that he tends to go quite undervalued um he had two struggle years before this so 2021 he had a four four eight era in 2020 you know the abbreviated season it was five eight four so you kind of kind of throw out the the shortened season but even last year in 2021 the four eight and i think that's why you get you know, the drop off in, in the ADP, despite his solid ratios last year, mainly like most of that, the bad numbers come from home run, the fly ball, though, he controlled that very well last year, you know, maybe some of that was the change to kind of the dead ball, but also he's going to San Francisco, which makes you feel pretty good about the home run, the fly ball staying in check as well. Moving on to number 64 is Zach Eflin. Last year he went 3-5, and 4-0-4 ERA, 1-1-2 whip, 65 strikeouts and 75 innings. Young project for 8-7, and 3-7-1 ERA, 1-1-4 whip, 118 strikeouts and 138 innings. Uh, I mean, some people like Zach Eflin. I'm, I've never really been a fan, but, you know, at some point the, the pitching does has to become somewhat boring. I mean, we can't can't be talking about potential aces all the way down the line. Right. But even the boring guys, at least so far, I mean, you look at Eflin, you're like, again, not to say everyone's Drew Rasmussen, but I mean, I, I, I understand why the Rays went out and got Eflin. Like he looks like a, you know, a high seven to eight K per nine and a under two walk rate guy that usually gets you in a solid ratio area. I mean, so far in his career, he hasn't been really solid for ratios, at least on the ERA side. His whip was 1.12 last year, so that's that's not terrible. So, I yeah, and I, 
I mean, uh, Cool Whip wrote a sleeper pose actually on F1. I know he likes him a lot. I I like F1 too. Again, I mean, it's not super exciting. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, I'm he's not going to be Grayson Rodriguez, but he could be a cheap man's Jeffrey Springs, and that's not bad. Yeah, I would say, I would say Jeffrey Springs is a pretty solid um, person to to compare him to, just because. We're also talking about a guy who's who's moved organizations kind of like Springs did. And the thing that I think maybe can go in Eflin's favor is that if they teach him the change-up sinker pitch that they teach everybody, is he already had a decent change-up. So if he can actually get it to where it's a plus change-up, like that could change things around for Eflin quite a bit. I mean, that, that single change turns Springs from like a, a 6 ERA reliever to like a 3 ERA starter so if Eflin can kind of understand that pitch from the Rays I do think that is is where you know some of the potential hype comes from and as you said the Rays just don't spend money so anytime they spend money it's kind of a a signal that they see something number 65 is Noah Syndergaard last year he went 10 and 10 394 ERA 125 whip 95 strikeouts and 134 innings you have for 10 and 4 382 ERA 122 whip 128 strikeouts and 142 innings. Um, I mean, maybe he gets the Dodgers voodoo magic, but Noah Syndergaard is not the Noah Syndergaard we remember from six years ago. Yeah, I know. It's a bummer, too. He was so <laughs> he good. Was, I mean, he was he was so good. And then, uh, yeah, he's lost command. Uh, he still has good ratio, uh, excuse me, good uh, command. Um, so, I mean, if the K's bounce back a little bit, he could be, he could be solid. Like, you know, I could see the Dodgers turning him into like another ace because <laughs> that's what the Dodgers do. If they could do it, Tony Gosling, I mean, you know, do it to anyone. Uh, not that I didn't like Tony Gosling last year, <laughs> but I mean, I didn't like him. I, I, I didn't think he was going to be a top 10 starter. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, Noah Syndergaard. I, he, you know, this whole, this whole part of the, uh, the rankings is like, you know, these number five starters or, you know, Noah Syndergaard is probably going to be safe, uh, for, you know, Dodgers are decent for wins. So he should have wins. He should be decent for ratios. He really like the, the case, the falling of the case is like so dramatic last year. Like, no, I mean, I, I can't remember another guy, you know, falling as badly as he did going from like a, a, a like a 10 K per nine guy to 6.4 in like three years. It's like really terrible. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. Maybe more like five years, but still, uh, yeah, I, I like I would draft Syndergaard as a number five. I, again, I don't have like huge hopes for him to be. I don't have like these like grandiose hopes of him bouncing back to like his previous self, but yeah, he's fine for number five. Yeah, I uh, I don't think I have a single share of Syndergaard yet this this season, and I probably won't. Like my literally the only thing that I can say is Dodgers voodoo magic. Like that's the only thing that potentially gets him back to where I would want him on my roster. And I don't even know if there's there's that left with the pitch clock, with the shift rules. Like, 
I don't know that the Dodgers voodoo is going to be the same as the Dodgers voodoo has been. Like, we're not getting Ks. We're not really getting good ratios. We're not getting a bunch of innings. It's just a guy I I tend to just kind of, like, glaze over and go on to the next guy um, on my list. Number 66 is Jose Urquidy. Last year he went 13-8, and 3-9-4 ERA, 1-1-7 whip, 134 strikeouts, and 164 innings. Young for 12-7, 3-8-1 ERA, 1-1-2 whip, 139 strikeouts, and 171 innings. Uh, I mean, this is just a sub-4 ERA, sub-1-2 whip innings guy, right? Like, there's there's not too much to hide on yeah. Kitty. No, there's, you know, and this is kind of like this whole tier, um, you know, besides Heaney, which is like Heaney, Andrew Heaney was like, he's like a man who like no tier really fits Andrew Heaney because who, who knows what's going to happen with Heaney. But I think, uh, Urquidy is like, you know, similar to the other guys and like the, the Miles Mikolos, like Miles Mikolos, Merrill Kelly sort of are the defining guys of this tier where it's like. Seven plus K per nine ish and good command. And that should get you decent ratios and it's not going to get you great strikeouts. So Urquidy's in like that mold. I, and the Astros might get him some good wins. So yeah, I, again, I haven't drafted Urquidy. I haven't drafted Syndergaard either, by the way. Um, but you know, you can't draft everyone. It doesn't mean I wouldn't. I think Urquidy's fine. If you need a, a ratios play, like if you need a, uh, a Merrill Kelly or Miles Mikolos type, but Miles Mikolos and Merrill Kelly are gone. Eh, then Urquidy's yeah, fine. I'm, I'm with you. He's just a he's a low budget version of, of those guys, um, but maybe on a slightly better team. So that that's helpful too. Number sixty seven is Alex Cobb. Last year he went seven eight three seven three RA one three zero WHIP one hundred fifty one strikeouts and one hundred forty nine innings. You have him projected for eleven and ten. 356 ERA, 128 whip, 157 strikeouts, and 155 innings. The velocity was the best of his career. That came out in spring where that started. And he started to actually show some good changes in the second half where he went with a 340 ERA, a 25% K rate, and a sub 7% walk rate. I, I mean, I, I kind of like the game on Alex Cobb this late, Gray. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, I think Alex Cobb is. <laughs> I mean, there's so many starters, bro. <laughs> I mean, there's so many starters. It's just like, it's endless how many starters there are. Alex Cobb, you know, on in retrospect, I probably am shortchanging Alex Cobb by ranking him this low. I He's he's solid. Like, most of this tier, as I've been saying, most of this tier, besides Andrew Heaney, is like a 7-plus K per 9 and a... Uh, a low two or even a one uh, walk per nine. Whereas Alex Cobb is like, he strikes out guys. Like he's got a, uh, a nine, uh, like he had a nine K per nine last year and he had uh solid walks. Uh, I, I think, and also I kind of love giant starters. Like I know they're not going to be a great team, but I oh I am always in on giant starters for you know the park is good, the, there's a lot of uh, a lot of bad road teams in uh, the NL West like you know the Rockies especially Diamondbacks aren't you know they may not be great um, I think you know the and the the Giants just they pitch they uh, 
they coach up their pitchers. Like their pitchers are always better than you expect. Like even uh, Anthony Descafani, I liked. I liked for him. Like I like him too. Like as a long man right now, I, I don't know if he's gonna have a a, a spot of rotation. Anyway, Alex Cobb is great. I mean, he's fine for like a a late starter who should be a solid. You know, a solid number five. Yeah, uh, I'm completely with everything you said. Um, you know, Alex Cobb is kind of the reason I, I have John Gray like a lot lower than I than you do. Just like if I'm looking at numbers, like Alex Cobb's going to give me everything John Gray is, and maybe even better. Like he has more upside, I think, uh, than we've seen from from John Gray at any stop. Moving on to number sixty eight is Eric Lauer. Last year he went eleven and seven, three six nine ERA, one two two WHIP. 157 strikeouts, 158 innings. You have him down for 11 and 10, 385 ERA, 124 whip, 177 strikeouts in 174 innings. I mean, Lauer was coming off of a, a good season, and I mean, he put up another another solid one. I mean, he's he seems to have kind of figured out where he sits. It's just what's the number of innings we're going to get from him. Right, yeah, and also the Brewers are also another team that uh, coaches up their guys, uh, their starters at least. Which is weird because um, their they ruin, sucks. They ruin, <laughs> they ruin a bunch of hitters. <laughs> yeah, which is weird too because their park is <laughs> lousy. But, yeah, I mean, the Brewers pitching staff is always usually very good. Uh, so, yeah, Lauer is like, uh, I think, you know, if you put, a, put aside everything you know about Lauer and you just look at his numbers – you're like, well, that's a number five. I think when the name comes in, then it becomes like, well, he's not really good, is he? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Like, I, I think the the rap on him is, you know, it should be at this point, it should be kind of squashed because, like, he's been good. Like you said, he's been good for two years now. Like, I, I, again, like, there's just so many starters that it's like, yeah, I'm fine with Eric Lauer, and he's going at like. He's going even later than Stripling. He's going like at three hundred something uh, overall. Like um, he's going like the Kente Maedas of the world, uh, which actually Maeda I drafted him in one league. But anyway, Lauer's yeah. I mean he's fine. He's not. I, I think he's going later than he should be. I have him ranked much higher. I don't think. I don't think like him and Stripling, like I mentioned, I don't think they're really number sevens. I think they're more number fives, but you know, they're going as number seven. Yeah, Lauer changed his picks pitch mix about two, two and a half years ago, and it's been pretty much like mid threes, ERA one one seven type of whip, like pretty much since then. So yeah, I mean I, I think you take the discount because people Think of Eric Lauer and his first three years, which were, you know, very unimpressive. But, hey, I'll absolutely take him where he's going. Um, number 69 is Martin Perez. Last year he went 12-8, and 289 ERA, 126 whip, 169 strikeouts, and 196 innings. You're projected for 13-7, 384 ERA, 129 whip, 167 strikeouts, and 109 innings. I mean, this is kind of... The Merrill Kelly, but without without a whip. Yeah, no, yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's what, uh, yeah, I mean, I have, uh, for many years, I've been out on, on Martin Perez. But, I mean, again, it's like, it's like the Lauer thing where it's like after a while, 
it's like uh, you want to you want to keep being wrong or you want to be right <laughs> once in a while. <laughs> so I'm choosing to be right. Okay. <laughs> I'm I'm not I'm I'm avoiding being wrong this year. It's my new thing. I'm being like, yo, you going into the draft this year? How about you be right instead of wrong? You know what? That's what I'm That's doing. a good way to go about drafts, Ray. I like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know what? It took me only like 15 years to realize I should be right instead of wrong. Uh yeah, I Again, like he's fine. Like he's a totally I think he's a totally passable number five. Like people who are like, eh, I don't really like Martin Perez. Like, wh- why? That was last year gray. This year gray likes him. <laughs> There's no reason he's in, he's been repeatedly, you know, like it's I think it's like I, I also think it, it might have something to do with uh projections because some of the projections don't like some of these guys and that's i mean that that's because like you know they uh their babbits are like lower than they should be or, or for whatever reason but i think that's also overrated in a lot of ways because some of these guys actually pitch to weak contact like that's their gig i mean i know it's not it shouldn't be some people say it's not a repeatable skill but for some of these guys it obviously is so yeah, I like uh, I like him as a number five, he, and he's going as a number seven. So again, free money. Yeah, I will say that you know the dead ball definitely helped help Martin Perez. Also, he moved to Texas, which is not a, a home run park as as we've seen in recent years. So like both those things are helping him in his in his numbers, but we also don't expect either of those things to change. So. Uh, yeah, I'm perfectly fine with Martin Perez if you just need the, the Indians and we're down this low. Number 70 is Cal Quantrill. Last year, he went 15-5, and 3-3-8 ERA, 1-2-1 whip, 128 strikeouts, and 186 innings. You have him projected for 10-10, 3-4-8 ERA, 1-1-9 whip, 144 strikeouts, and 184 innings. So this is just another, you know, innings, solid ratios guy. Like, that's that's what we're looking at. You you honestly you, you you struggle to find bad pitchers. <laughs> you really do. I mean, it's like I mean, there's so many guys that you're like, am I really 300 picks into a draft and taking a guy who has a career 3.54 ERA across almost 500 career innings? I mean, it's not like I know ERA it can be fluky, but I mean, at a certain point, you got to be like. Uh, I know ERA is fluky, but ERA is an actual category in my league. So I, so that's why I'm drafting it. <laughs> I, I mean, Quantrill is like, I mean, he's he's solid. He's not a, he's not spectacular, but he's a solid ratio guy who is like, you know, should get you some wins, should keep you in the game for ratios. Um you're going to need strikeouts from elsewhere, so you have to, like, you know, get strikeouts from a different pitcher. But, yeah, he's fine. I don't mind him. I I don't, you know, I don't think there's any upside. Don't get me wrong, but he's a passable number five. Yeah. Uh, should we just copy-paste that onto number 71, Marcus Stroman, and, and keep it going here, Gray? Anything else you wanted to add there? Uh, well, that's, yeah, no, totally. Yeah, no, I, I, I honestly, this whole tier is, like, guys who are a – I think a you know a number five that have like are safe for innings except for Heaney. Like I said, <laughs> Heaney is a 
Heaney was a Heaney was a tough one for me to rank because I didn't want to put him in a, in a tier with Sale and Flattery and say I didn't want him, so I didn't put him in that tier. You know, if, if people want to know the backstory, I didn't want to put him in a tier I didn't like because I could actually see drafting Heaney, but he also didn't. He didn't really fit into this tier. But it was you know I a square peg round hole kind of thing. Um, but Quantrill and Strowman, who you were about to say, I mean, they're all the, they're all the same. It's like decent ratios, but not great. Yeah. Case. That's, uh, that's where we're at. Next up on 72 is Nathan Eovaldi. He goes to Texas. Maybe that helps him with his, his how run the fly ball, which has always plagued him last year. He was six and three, three, eight, seven, ERA, one, two, three whip, 103 strikeouts and 109 innings. You're projected for 11 and 9, 371 ERA, 121 whip, 159 strikeouts, and 166 innings pitched. Ivaldi's uh, fastball velocity dropped as the season went on. He finished the season below 95. His second half ERA was 491. He had a 142 whip, sub 17% K rate for him in the second half. Uh, I'm I'm pretty much out on Ivaldi, even though he costs nothing. Uh yeah no I actually I've drafted Eovaldi and I I like Eovaldi I think he's uh, I think he's going a little bit higher than I have him ranked um I you know I feel like there's I mean there's some worry you know velocity dropped it's not great uh he had a an oblique uh I think a couple weeks ago but he's already throwing again in the spring so that should be fine but yeah I, you know he's been for the longest time he's been like a uh, an eight I, I sounded like I was about to quote Goodfellas. For the longest time, I wanted to be a gangster. <laughs> um, ever since I could remember, uh, yeah. For the longest time, Ivaldi has been like a you know a lo- uh, eight and a half or higher K per nine, and really solid command. So I mean that sort of gets him in this ballpark of like a solid, if not spectacular, starter. Which I'm fine. I'm fine to draft Evaldi. I'm not expecting much. I'm expecting, you know, what he what he always does. You know, the uh, the three point seven ERA. The uh, maybe, you know, good good innings. He should st- uh, well. He should be at least healthy. Uh, hopefully, so yeah, I- I'm fine with him. All right, fair enough. Uh, I mean, he's probably better than I'm giving him credit for. I just the 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 numbers are trending in the wrong direction for me. Uh, number 73 is Carlos Carrasco. Last year, he went 15 and 7, 397 ERA, 133 whip, 152 strikeouts, 152 innings. You have him projected for 13 and 8, 352, 130 whip, 153 strikeouts, and 149 innings pitched. Uh, two good months, carried most of his ERA for the season. Uh, velocity is another one where, where we saw his velocity drop below 93 at the end of the season. I feel like I'd still feel better with Carrasco than Eovaldi, but I mean, where are you at? Uh, I like, you know, Carrasco is a, um, a guy who I've actually found myself um, wanting more the spring than I did when I wrote the rankings back in like November of last year or whenever I wrote the rankings in November, December of last year. Um yeah, I, I found myself liking uh, Carrasco a little bit more as we've gone along in the uh, preseason. I don't know. Maybe I'm getting influenced a little bit by, like, he's having a good spring. But, uh, you know, 100, 150 innings 
you know, in theory at least, 150 innings of a 9K per 9 and a uh, below 2.5 walk rate sort of falls in that range of guys. Like when he's going off the board, it could have something to do with the fact that his ADP is around like 300 overall too. So like when he's going off the board, if I want a, uh, you know, a guy like, like sometimes I don't want like uh, Michael Kopech who goes around him or a, uh, you know, other guys who are, are who are bigger flyers, who are uh, bigger upside. Uh, you know, obviously Kopech has a lot more upside, um, but you know, there's other guys like usually I'm taking like a Carrasco and I'm like, eh, it's not the most exciting, but I like the stability and I feel like he's safer than most. So I have, I think I have drafted him a couple places and I've found myself like wanting to draft him and other people have taken him like before I could. So yeah, I've, I've sort of liked Crasco a bit more than I thought I would like back when I first started doing the ranking. Yeah, I'm 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 with you. I thought I would just not just ignore him completely, but after kind of getting into it and seeing where he's going, I don't I don't mind where he where he's falling to in drafts. Next up is a new tier, number seventy four, Edward Cabrera. He went six and four last year, three oh one ERA, one oh seven whip, uh seventy five strikeouts and hundred and seventeen and two thirds innings. Yeah, I'm projected for eight nine three three four year a one one eight whip, one hundred and forty seven strikeouts in one hundred and thirty two innings. Um, I mean, this is one of those upside upside shots that are, are very late. He's got a ninety six plus mile an hour fastball. He's got a couple breaking balls and a change. Uh, the the innings limit is is pretty obvious, but other than that, I mean, I kind of like Edward Cabrera here. Yeah, no, I do too. You can kind of see, obviously, like you mentioned that this is a new tier, and it's pretty obvious. Like, now we're at a, a point where it's upside. It's like, you're going for it, man. <laughs> you got it. You got you got a little pat on the, on the back, and you're going for it. You know <laughs> what I'm saying? Edward Cabrera is like, he's high adrenaline. <laughs> I, li- I like Edward Cabrera a lot. Um, it's kind of, it's funny that, like, Edward Cabrera – Though, like, I'm, you know, like, in reality, Edward Edward Cabrera could be a top 20 starter, top 25 maybe, because uh, innings might be a little bit low. But, say, he could be a top 25 starter this year. Um, and he's going, like, at 225 overall. <laughs> but you could see a scenario where he could be a top 25 starter. But um, I have other guys, like I just mentioned, like the guys we just went over, like the Miles Mikoloses and the Merrill Kellys of the world, they're not going to be top 25 starters, probably, unless they get super lucky on wins or something. Um, but I have them ranked ahead because they're so much safer. But you see, like, in drafts, like, Edward Cabrera is going, like, 80 picks before, you know, the the Ross Striplings or some of the other guys that we uh, we talked about in the in the previous tier. Like, Edward Cabrera, if you want Edward Cabrera – you're going to have to draft him way higher than I have him ranked. Uh, and I could see how he could return that value. It's just it's just a matter of whether or not on your team you want that risk. Like if you want the risk of an Edward Cabrera and you, you're, if your team can handle it, like especially in, in shallower leagues, I, I mean absolutely go for the risk. Like you want Edward Cabrera over Miles Mikolos in a shallow league. But in a deeper league, it depends on, like, the rest of your t- pitching staff. So, you know, Edward Cabrera, I love him, 
I don't really trust him. <laughs> I don't like I don't trust him at all, really. Like he's got like crazy terrible command. Like you mentioned the velocity and the and the K's, the K's could be incredible. Like he could have 120 innings of like a 12 plus K per 9. Like he could have insane innings. I mean, excuse me, insane strikeouts. Uh, over a short period of time, but his command's going to be wonky. He could really kill you. Like, there's a potential here for him having like a, a disastrous start or two, which is just going to be you know death. But yeah, he's he's exciting for sure. Yeah, yeah. that's uh, that's what you're looking at here, Edward Cabrera. He is exciting, um, as you mentioned. He's going before kind of the range of pitchers we're talking now he's going more with the Sonny gray andrew heaney jack flaherty range so again kind of in that upside shot range where it could go right or it could go wrong pretty easily um and that's that's where we're at with edward Rivera. but you know he's 25 so if you're looking at somebody who's coming on the upside of you know that that upside shot not coming off an injury or 35 years old then maybe edward cabrera is your guy that in that range instead uh, moving on to the next guy, which is number 75, which is Tyler Glass now, another guy who's going cons- significantly earlier than this. Uh, only through six and two-thirds last year. You have projected for six and four record, 271 ERA, 0.96 whip, 114 strikeouts and 82 innings. He had Tommy John in August of 2021. The velocity is still there. Already dealing with an oblique injury in the spring, though. Uh, where are you at on Tyler Glass now? As just a flyer, right? Is he uh, is is he still going much earlier than this? Even after they said he was going to miss two months? Uh, yeah, he's still going one fifty, one sixty, and that's within the last two weeks, Gray. Okay. So. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, I mean, no, I I believe that's you. That's how it goes. That's, <laughs> that seems high. That seems high. <laughs> um, I mean, I get the uh, I get the allure. Um. But he had six innings last year, and he's out two months. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I like to team Tyler Glasnow up with uh, Chris Sale and have them um, uh, both be on <laughs> someone else's team. Uh, I, I, you know, I like Tyler Glasnow. I this is a tier of guys I would draft, but I'm not drafting them at the point. Like, if you're saying he's going at 160, I'm not. Obviously, I'm not drafting Tyler Glasnow. I have him ranked. Much later than that, so I like Laz now. If uh, for like you know maybe I have him projected for eighty two innings, as you said. So you know I like him for like you know that's roughly uh, three months. Uh, uh, you know maybe a little bit under. So I like him, but I don't trust him at all, like at all. So I mean, you know, at one sixty, I'm definitely not drafting. Uh, who has more innings this year, Chris Sale or Tyler Glass now? Uh, you know, I'll say, I'll say Glasnow, but barely. That's a tough one. Who do you, who do you uh, think? I, I would go with Sale just because he's not currently going to miss two months of time. <laughs> just give That's me the fair. guy who's going to come you know out of the gate pitching. You're right. You know what? You've, you've actually, you've swayed <laughs> me. You're right. No, that's a, that's a better, that's a safer call. Chris Sale, just because he's not currently injured, even though by the time we release this podcast, yeah, his arm could, could have just injured. fallen, just fallen off at this point. Uh, and then nobody would really be surprised. Yeah. 
Um, yeah. <laughs> number 76 is Justin, St- Justin Steele. Last year he went 4-7, 318 ERA, 135 whip, 126 strikeouts, and 119 innings. Young project for 9-11, 346 ERA, 129 whip, 154 strikeouts, and 148 innings. Uh, his second half was very good. He had a 0.9 ERA, uh, 31% strikeout rate. He's not going to be a whip guy, though. Like, that's just never going to be it. And the difference was he just threw the slider a ton. Yeah, no, totally. I, You know, I wrote a, a sleeper post for Justin Steele, and I got to say um, – People are still sleeping on him. <laughs> they're not. They're not interested in Steele, really. I mean, he's going around 300 overall. Um, I, yeah, I mean, I you can have Steele for free in just about any draft. No one really cares. Uh, I I like him a ton. You know, I actually, to be fair to everyone who hasn't drafted Steele, I haven't either <laughs> yet. <laughs> I like him though. I just haven't for whatever reason. You know, like sometimes it just doesn't work out that you, you can't draft everyone. So, you know, sometimes it just hasn't worked out. Um, but I do like Justin Steele a lot. You know, I think he's probably like um, for like he's probably safer than I, I think people are, are giving him credit for. Like he looks like a solid like nine and a half K per nine, uh, three, mid three walk rate, three and a half. The three seven five ERA maybe, and that's good. There's nothing wrong with that. I uh, I don't know. I for whatever reason, I guess the maybe the upside isn't you know crazy interesting to people, so that's why he's falling a little bit. But yeah, he's still very he's very reasonably priced in drafts. That I'll say. Yeah, that. I mean the the second half K rate has me at least potentially hoping for. More upside than I thought we were going to get from him because, you know, I kind of thought he'd sit in that 24% K rate. But if he has 30% K rate, you know, possibility, which, you know, he showed at a couple of stops in the minors. But really, like, even in the minors, he wasn't in that range. But if he's found something by just tossing the slider up there and making people hit that pitch, then there could be more upside than a lot of people are giving him. And in regards to all Cubs pitchers, you can get any of them for free. Nobody wants any of the any of the. Cubs it was numbers. also the uh, l- last year he had the most K's. Uh, well, actually, not the most, but he had uh, Robbie Ray had the most K's off of the slider uh, by a lefty, and he was number two, right in front of uh, Carlos Rodon. Uh, so I mean, that's good yeah. company. Like you know. Uh, so if you see that and you're like, if he just, if he throws his slider, like his slider, his slider with percentage is up there with, um, Edwin Diaz, uh, RIP and, uh, Spencer Strider last year, he was, I mean, he was comp, he was, you know, it was really good. Like his slider is really excellent. So if his slider is like, you know, if he goes to the slider enough, that's, you know, There's there's a possibility here for uh, I mean that's why I wrote the sleeper post. I was just basically I was just glancing at the sleeper post while I was telling <laughs> you those stats. <laughs> Obviously. Um yeah, I mean I it was the reason why I wrote the sleeper post to begin with. Like he could be really good. Uh and he's free in draft. Yeah, his okay. caper nine last year, Gray, in the second half, it was better than Garrett Cole. It was better than Aaron Nola, Brandon Woodruff. Shohei Yotani, Justin Verlander, Luis Castillo, like his K rate was as good as anybody's 
in the second half. So there's definitely a little bit of upside here if he just keeps chucking that slider up there and makes people go after that pitch. Number 77 is Hunter Brown. Last year, he had 20 innings in the majors. Uh, they were very good 20 innings, but it was only 20 innings. In AAA, he went 9 and 4, 255 ERA, 108 whip, 134 strikeouts, and 106 innings. He had projected for an 8 2 record, 341 ERA, 112 whip, 129 strikeouts, and 118 innings pitched. He has a 96 mile an hour fastball, cutter, curve, and his ADP is climbing fast, Gray. I know. It, that's the fun, funny thing is, like, like I mentioned with Justin Steele, like I, it's almost like people like to uh, like guys who are have less of a chance of throwing innings. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's like it's almost like they like the uh, they like the upside to be in in the form of guys who have see, you've seen less of. <laughs> it's like yeah, I, I mean, don't get me wrong. Like this whole tier is guys I like. Like I like Hunter Brown. But you just, you know, we just rattled off all those Justin Steele stats, and Justin Steele's going like 80 picks after Hunter Brown. Like you can basically draft Hunter Brown, wait three rounds, and then ju- then draft Justin Steele if you want. Like there's, you can have both of them. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I love Hunter Brown as well. I don't, I don't see necessarily the insane upside i guess that is why that's fueling his adp like i you know people are saying like he's this year's christian javier actually i think i've even said that (laughs) (laughs) which you know i mean it's a it's a it's a pretty it's a cute narrative because of you know the same team and they both you know he was number five for the ashes last year and brown's gonna be number five for him this year so you know, I, I mean, I, I see the correlation. I get it. Um, but, you know, I don't know. I, I mean, I like Hunter Brown, so I don't want to sit here and be negative on him. I just think, you know, there's uh, the ADP is a little bit high for what, you know, people are actually getting. But, you know, it's fine. I would take the flyer because, you know, you take it on Hunter Brown. And like I said, you can turn around and take Justin Steele a little bit later. So that's fine. Yeah. I have no problem with, with grabbing Hunter Brown. Um, even with his, his climbing ADP. I mean, I see it there. If you can get a 27 to 30% K rate guy anywhere in the draft. I mean, that's always, that's always nice. And I mean, at one point he was going really late and you can get him for a steal, Literally, Justin Steele, you know, ha ha ha. Um, but now, now he's he's climbing. Uh, now his recent ADP has been one ninety eight versus three hundred and twelve for Steele. So you're right. You take Hunter Brown. You can wait a hundred picks and then take Justin Steele, and kind of you may get the same kind of lines from both of them potentially. Number seventy eight is Runzi Contreras. Uh, last year he went five and five, three seven nine ERA, one two seven WHIP, eighty six strikeouts and ninety five innings. You have projected for seven and ten, three six one ERA, one two four WHIP, one hundred thirty nine strikeouts and one hundred thirty one innings, twenty one percent K rate, but has shown K rate upside in the minors at least, and I think that's where some of his his hype is coming from. Although he's nowhere near the hype that we were talk, just talking about with Hunter Brown. No, not at all. He's also going around like yeah. three hundred overall. Have I? I think I've. I feel like I've said fifteen pitchers are going at three hundred. <laughs> I think they are though. I think it's all pitchers <laughs> yeah. at that point. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, there's no it, bats yeah, worth picking anymore. Like, uh, incredi- <laughs> incredibly, yeah. I mean, incredibly, honestly, 
there are five pitchers. I'm looking at ADP right now, and there's five pitchers going at 296 or 297 <laughs> overall. Like, there's so many pitchers that they're just like all jammed together at that range. Um, but yeah, Ronis Contreras. Anyway, Ronis Contreras is like he's going around Justin Steele, and um, you know, way after Hunter Brown. But you know, I I mean, I get it. There's like. I think Ronis Contreras is like the shine's worn off a little bit, even though he's still like so young. I mean, he's only 23 and he has less than 100 innings in the major leagues. Like, I don't think we've seen the best of Ronis Contreras yet. He's like, I, I honestly like Ronis Contreras out pitch probably Edward Cabrera. I mean, it's like, I mean, Cabrera's been. You know, Cabrera, Cabrera has the upside, too. Like, I don't want to put down any of these guys because I like them all. Like, don't get me wrong. But Contreras has that crazy upside as well. We just haven't seen it yet. PNC is a good park. I mean, obviously, the Pirates aren't going to give him a ton of wins. Like, he might he might win five games. He might go 5-20 and 20 <laughs> with a 3.3 ERA and, you know, a 10K per nine. But... Yeah, I mean he's good. He's still gonna be. I think he's still good. I I worry a little bit because the Pirates are so bad that I, I nothing's off the table for how bad things could go <laughs> because because of how bad the Pirates coach their players. I mean the Pirates they had Garrett Cole being a pitch to contact guy, so <laughs> nothing's off the table with the Pirates, but. I do like Ronis Contreras. Yeah, I don't know what happened with him when he went to the Pirates. All of a sudden, like the the K rate ticked up. Um, so there's there's a little bit of mystery in that for me, where I don't know what the Pirates did with him. But yeah, you're right. There's definitely K rate upside here that he hasn't shown in the majors, but that doesn't necessarily mean that it hasn't that it can't happen. It was only 95 innings last year, so definitely still some room for potential growth and. I mean, I think, uh, you, can, you know, at his draft price, why not take the upside shot potentially? Number 79 is Trevor Rogers. Uh, I was so, so wrong on Rogers last year. Sorry, everybody. Uh, he went 4 and 11 last year. He had a 5 4 7 ERA, 1 5 0 whip, 106 outs, and 107 innings. Year projected for 8 and 10, 3 7 2 ERA, 1 3 1 whip, 138 strikeouts, and 135 innings. So it seems like you have him. Coming, you know, a somewhat of a bounce back, but not not fully back to where maybe we thought he might be coming into last year. Yeah, no, I I think uh, I think he's probably somewhere in the middle of that. Uh, you know, between uh, you know his breakout of twenty twenty one and then uh, last year twenty twenty two. I think uh, I think the case could bounce back a little bit. I think. Uh, the walks could come down, uh, you know, ERA's fickle. So we'll see what happens there. But he was a little bit unlucky last year with his insanely terrible ERA. He wasn't quite as bad as the numbers say uh, last year. And he maybe wasn't as good as, you know, 2021 when, you know, I mean, I, I was telling people not to draft him last year. You might you might have been saying to draft him, but I, I was out on Rodgers last year. I'm back in a little bit. But only because the price is much cheaper now, and you know I'm I, I'm fine with the flyer as a uh, you know this is this is obviously these are six six 
to seven to even eight starters off the board uh, for your fantasy team. And I'm fine with Trevor Story as like, I mean, excuse me, Trevor uh, Rogers is like a, a seventh starter. Um, uh, yeah, as long as his elbow is better than Trevor Story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that would be good. Um, I will say I'm, I'm a little bit back in on Trevor Rogers. Uh, as I mentioned, like last year, or I guess I didn't say this yet. Um, he, he, I couldn't have predicted he was going to change his slider and change up for no reason at all. After his breakup, he went with a more horizontal, less vertical pitch on both of them. That didn't work. Obviously he posted a terrible season so far this spring. The movement numbers look a lot closer to, to what he was doing in 2021. So while I am not quite on the bandwagon, like I was last year, um, Coming off his breakout, I am I am back on as a late flyer um, in regards to I think there's definitely some upside to, for him to bounce back um, and to get some of those K's back as well. Number eighty is Michael Kopech. Last year he went five and nine, three five four ERA, one one nine WHIP, one hundred five strikeouts on one hundred nineteen innings. He owned down for ten and seven, three eight nine ERA, one two three WHIP. 133 strikeouts in 129 innings. You know, former former top prospect Michael Kopech, we've been waiting for him to break out for I don't know, 3 years, 4 years now. Um is it is it going to come gray? Are we going to get the breakout or is he going to kind of settle into a middle ground here? Uh you know, it- I, I mean, I get why he's going so late in drafts, and uh, you know there is uh, he's going around two seventy five overall. I, I I get it because like if you you look at his numbers, you're like okay, so as a starter, he can't throw as hard as he was as a reliever, and his K's aren't going to be good as good, and you know his command was a little off, but that was also his first year as a starter, and like I mean. Kershaw wasn't good as his first year as a starter. I mean, like, there's no, there's like no room for error for people. Like, and people so quickly move on to the next shiny object. It's like, oh, oh, Hunter Brown. Oh, <laughs> he hasn't thrown at all in the majors. This sounds wonderful. Well, he's, he threw about 20 innings, but I mean, you know what I mean? Like, and then you have Kopak, who's actually a bit stretched out and actually could throw a hundred and, you know, 45 to 155 innings this year and was a big time prospect like Kopech could easily break out. Like it's, you know, it's crazy to look at Kopech and be like, oh, well, I guess he's a a seven ish K per nine guy now. Like what? (laughs) Why? (laughs) Why? (laughs) You know, like it's he had one year as a starter. Maybe it doesn't completely come together this year, but I could totally see Kopech being like a, a top, uh, you know, keep, you know, realistic uh, expectations. I could see him being a top 40 starter this year. I mean, I could see it for sure. It, does it happen? I don't know. But the price is cheap enough where you could take the flyer to find out easily. I mean, he's going so late. Like, it's like between you're looking at like, you know, him or, like, Garrett Whitlock. What is even Garrett Whitlock? <laughs> I mean, where is Garrett Whitlock even? P- is he a starter? Is he a reliever? Like, it's like, who would take, you know, Garrett Whitlock? 
uh, instead of him. I don't know. Uh, anyway, and I, I don't actually hate Garrett Whitlock for what it's worth. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I do. I do think there could be upside there. But Kopech is in the rotation. And he threw 120 innings last year. Like, you're going to get about, like, at least in deeper leagues, you can't really go wrong with Kopech. In a shallower league, you can just dra- you can just draft him and then drop him if he's not good. So it doesn't matter. Yeah, and honestly, even if the Ks don't kind of materialize like we think they might at some point, like, we're still talking about the same kind of numbers we were talking about with, you know, Zach Eflin or Andrew Heaney, um, minus, you know, potentially the K's. Like, he's still in that, that range of production, even without a bump, and he's still young enough in his career. The bump can 100% still happen. Uh, I'm, I'm with you. I don't understand why he goes in, you know, past 250 when there's still plenty to like about Michael Kopech, like three, five, four ERA one, one, nine whip and a 21% K rate over 140, 150 innings. You can do a lot worse than that. Number 81 is Reed Detmers. Last year, he went seven and six, three, seven, seven ERA one, two, one whip 122 strikeouts and 129 innings. You are projected for a nine and 10, three, eight, nine ERA one, two, six whip 143 strikeouts in 142 innings. He went down to AAA in June, tightened up the slider, threw it with a little bit more velocity, and then the second half numbers looked a lot better when he came back to, through to a 3-3-6 ERA with a 25% K rate. I uh, I have a lot of Reed Detmer shares, Gray. Yeah, and uh, I I believe either Cool Whip wrote a post about uh, Reed Detmers, or he just loves him because he's an oh, angel. Those, those are both. True. Uh, no, he did. <laughs> yeah, those are both. Those are both true. Yeah, he did write a sleeper. Yeah, I see it now. Um, yeah, I I also like Reed Detmers. I mean, this whole tier is guys I like. Uh, with Reed Detmers. I think Reed Demers actually is safer than a lot of the names that we mentioned. Like he's actually a guy who I could see probably like uh, there's probably a case to be made that Reed Demers is more of a number five than a number six, like number six is, you know, you get riskier the deeper you go in drafts, obviously. And Reed Demers is going at like, he's going as a number five. So I have him ranked a little bit lower than ADP. So I haven't ranked past like where the point where I would probably draft him. So, you know, I mean, like I've said before, I, I rank the, based on my own feelings. I don't look at ADP. So if Detmers is off the board by the time I'm ready to draft him, then, you know, say la vie. But I do like Reed Detmers. Unfortunately, I just don't I'm just not sure if I'm going to be drafting him because I think he's he's going a little bit earlier than this. Yeah, he's he is definitely going a little bit earlier than than currently where you have him. Um, again, I have no issue with it. I understand why why you might not go for it. Uh, I don't expect the whip to really ever get under control, but I think he can be ERA and a solid K K guy. Um, so again, I don't mind reaching for him a little bit. Gray, we are already at two hours. I know we wanted to try and get through 100. Um, you know, kind of in the format we've been doing, but I'm going to start lumping guys together and let's let's try and move a little bit faster. Um, 82 is Tyler Maley. 83 Garrett Whitlock. 84, Bailey Ober, and 85, Josiah Gray. Uh, and sorry, 86 is Domingo Herman. That rounds out this tier. And I feel like the, the kind of tie between them all is, 
Like they, they, most of them should have a spot and there is some upside here, but at there, there's also some risk that all of them kind of bottom out. Right. Yeah, no, completely. No, I, I agree. It's, uh, I mean, it's like you're, you're deep in, you know, you're deep into the starters at this point, you're deep into the mucky muck (laughs) there. You may not get anything, but. They're 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 upside gambles. I mean, I like the uh, you know I like the gamble on them. I I don't know necessarily what you're gonna get. Like uh, Bailey Ober, for instance, is like you know he may not even be in the rotation to start the year. Um, Josiah Gray has shown flashes of being great, but he's also been really not good. <laughs> yes, that's very true. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, Domingo Herman, like I like Domingo Herman a lot, but Rodon is, you know, favorable stuff is being said about Rodon, and he's pro- is supposed to be coming back and relatively soon. So, you know, I don't know. Uh, Herman uh, or Clark Schmidt, one of them's getting booted from the rotation. I think it's Herman. I, excuse me. I think it's Schmidt who's going to get booted. But at a certain point, I think, you know, it's like Herman may not be able to throw the innings. So, you know, the, but all these guys are, they're deep flyers. I like them though. I, I have no, I, I don't really have any issues with taking a flyer on any of these guys. Like, but they are upside, you know, throwing caution to the wind or you're in a shallow league and you're just taking an upside gamble to see what happens. And after a start or two, you cut them for a streamer or something. So, yeah, but they're good. I mean, I, I don't mind the upside gambles. Yep, here. Totally with you. Um, moving on to our next tier, number 87, Tyler Anderson. Um, he's moving to the other side of L.A. Jose Quintana at 88. Ranger Suarez at 80. Sorry, Ranger Suarez. No, Jose Quintana actually got uh, – he he's out now oh, because yeah. of a stretch uh, right. trainer rib. Uh, yeah, so number 88 is Ranger Suarez. Number 89 is Jameson Tyon. Number 90 is Taiwan Walker. Uh, 91, Steven Matz. 92, Kenta Maeda. I'll stop us within, within that group. Um, anything in specific you want to say about them? This is, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I think, like, these guys, I feel like their upside is, like, moving into, like, the Miles Miklos, Merrill Kelly of the uh, tier type situation. Like, I don't, like, I don't expect great things from Ranger Suarez, but he can – he could possibly be like a poor man's like Merrill Kelly ish type, uh, you know, for like the, uh, the guys and like the number fives that we were talking about earlier in the podcast. Like that's where I, like Steven Matt, same sort of situation, Tylon Walker, all these guys, like you can, like, I don't see necessarily like huge upside. I don't see them like, you know, making a leap into the top 40 starters unless like they get crazy lucky on their, uh, wins or something. But they're good. They're just really more floor. They're floor plays. They're play, they're plays about like uh, you know it's it's like you you won safety super late in drafts and you're like I don't really need another upside flyer because my entire team is upside <laughs> flyers. So I'm gonna take like you know a Ranger Suarez or a Tyler Anderson and like you know. Hope that they can stay on the field for 160 innings and be solid, passable ratio bets. Yep. No, uh, that's pretty much the, the whole group. Uh, nothing really to add there. 
Uh, 93 is Lance McCullers Jr. 94 is Frankie Montas. Uh, or sorry, 94 is Adam Wainwright. I mean, McCullers, you know he's not going to start the season. Um, Adam Wainwright has looked so bad so far this this spring. Um, and the numbers started to fall off last year with Wainwright. You want to talk about them real quick? Uh, yeah, I mean, you, you, you took, I mean, you took the words out of my mind. I think Wainwright, I think he might yeah, be cooked. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I think, I think we might finally have gotten to the point where Wainwright is cooked, but you know, uh, props to him for making it this long. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't think he was going to last into his forties. Uh, but yeah, he looks, he looks pretty cooked. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it looks bad. I thought he was cooked like years ago, but yes, I'm, I'm in agreement. I think it's, it's completely over yeah. and this is his last year under contract finally. Uh, so uh, it's probably done. Uh, number five, 95, you have Dre Jamison, 96, Mike Clevenger, 97, David Peterson, 98, Brian Bayo, 99, DL Hall, 100, Yuri Perez, 101, Braxton Garrett, and 102, uh, Mackenzie Gore. 103, Jared Schuster, and I'll stop so we can talk about anybody in that group that you wanted to cover. Uh, yeah, I mean, God. So, uh, obviously, uh, this is like, you know, you're going from, like, uh, no boring and no upside to guys who actually have upside and, like, you know, like David Peterson. For, I wrote a sleeper post on him, but I, I just never posted it because it looked like he wasn't going to be in the rotation. Like I love David Peterson. <laughs> like he's like, we were talking earlier about Justin Steele and his slider, Justin Peterson's slide. I mean, excuse me, David Peterson's slider is just outrageously good. Um, Bayo is like in the, in the same situation of like, like all these guys like DL hall, Yuri Perez, like Brex, Braxton Garrett, like these guys could be so good. Like these guys basically were like, the guys who I couldn't squeeze in to the um, the sixth starter tier of like uh, Justin uh, Steele and uh, Edward Cabrera, like these guys are like just a little bit too risky for me to put in those in that tier. But like Dio Hall, for instance, like if he could throw as many innings as Grayson Rodriguez. I probably wouldn't be ranking Dio Hall much later. Like Dio Hall is going to be like Dio Hall could be excellent. I just don't know when he's getting uh, when he's going to be in the rotation or if he's going to be in the rotation. I, I have no clue. Braxton Garrett, I'm insanely crazy about. I've drafted actually actually I've drafted Braxton Garrett in quite a few places. Uh, I just I just drafted Jared Schuster like um, earlier uh, last uh, last week in um, I believe it was the Raz Slam. Like he, it's between him and Dylan Dodd, uh, Dylan Dodd for uh, the Braves fifth spot in the rotation, and we all know the fifth spot in the Braves rotation is a top ten <laughs> starter. <laughs> we know this. We're we're totally. I mean, come on, guys. Like, let's look at if past history is going to inform uh, the uh, future. Ah, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, I, I like. Uh, I actually kind of like both Schuster and Dodd. It just depends on who they give give that nod to. I'm with you on Garrett as well. Um, number number 103 is Kate Cavalli. 104 Ryan Nelson. 105. Well, Kate Kate Cavalli. He's yeah. out with the Tommy. Uh, 105. So he's out there. Uh, Eduardo Rodriguez. Number 106 Kyle Gibson. 107 Shamanea. 108 Alex Wood. 109 Corey Kluber. 110 Jose Barrios. 
111, Johnny Cueto. 112, Kyle Bradish. 113, Clark Schmidt. 114, Aaron Savale. 115, Mitch Keller. I'll, uh, I'll just stop there, Gray. Um, that, this will be the last group I think we'll go through. Who, who did you want to talk about in this uh, set? Okay, so uh, Ryan Nelson is super interesting. Um, like uh, Dre Jameson, and one of the one of them is going to be the fifth star for the Diamondbacks. I think they both could be really like they could probably be like a top five uh, or fi- or fifth fifth to sixth starters for shallow like a twelve team league. Um, they're only they're only being drafted in super deep leagues. Like Ryan Nelson and Dre Jamison aren't even being drafted in most mixed leagues uh, or shallower mixed leagues, at least. Um, you know, and they're not going until the end of like late rounds for a fifteen team. They could be excellent. Um, Sean Manaya. So here's the thing with Sean Manaya. I didn't want any part of him back when I wrote the rankings in like November, December of last year. But now that we're in the spring and Manaya's, you know, he went to drive line, uh, which is not in itself. It doesn't mean in itself it's a great thing. Uh, you know, it's neither here nor there. But in spring, his velocity is up. And if, even if you see what I wrote back in like November of last year for Manaya, he lost his velocity last year. So that was the problem. If that velocity back, I'm super interested in Manaya. I've actually I've drafted him in a bunch of leagues. I want to say, like it, it, just about all my leagues, I can get Manaya for like you know crazy cheap. I've been drafting him. Um, and then uh, who else? Bradish is Bradish is actually pretty interesting. Like I can see Bradish. Like last year, I said uh, Nestor Cortez could like. Like he could make a huge jump. And like I ranked Nestor Cortez like super late, like around 120 overall for starters. And I said he could make a huge jump uh, to next year uh, rankings. And you know Kyle Bradish, I feel kind of similar about this year. Like I think Kyle Bradish could be a you know he may not be like uh, he may not be an ace like Nestor Cortez was, but he could honestly. Kyle Bradish is one of those guys where I feel like. Everything is lined up for him to be like a top 50 starter next year. Like I could see him taking the leap to at least like Brady Singer type area of the draft. Like Kyle Bradish feels like he's going to be a guy who's not going to be cheap next year. Um, And then uh, yeah, Clark Schmidt's kind of interesting for like April, April to May, depending on what the deal is with Rodon. But I'm not as hyped. Like some people are much more hyped on on Clark Schmidt. I I like him. I just don't think he's going to have the innings. Like I think he's going to be a, a a middle reliever by like June. Yeah, that's possible. Uh, I'm I'm kind of in on the Clark Schmidt again. You can get him for next to nothing. He's going to last round of draft type of area. I mean, he's he's put up good ratios. He's shown the ability to get strikeouts in the past. He's messing around with a, a cutter this spring, so maybe that you know, adjust his pitch mix and, and gives him another option. So I don't mind taking the shot, but it, it is one where like, if it doesn't work out, I'm, I'm not, I'm not hanging on to him. Like I am with, you know, some of the other top prospects that we've talked about. Uh, it's a, it's a draft and see how it goes. And if he, if he even holds on to his rotation spot, um, I guess the other one I wanted to mention real quick before we get out of here is Mitch Keller. His second half ERA was three Oh nine. He had a 20, 
0.5 K rate, um, better vertical drop across the board once he came back to the majors. So I'm somewhat interested in Mitch Keller. He's kind of one of those last round dollar guys for me that I don't mind grabbing. Um, is this a, uh, is this a two and a half yeah, hour? Two podcast? hours, 15. Uh, Jose Barrios. <laughs> He went from the most break on his pitchers ever in 2021 to the least amount in 2022. So far this spring, it's closer to 2022. Gray, that's it. We're done. Let's get out of here. <laughs> See you, man. This is the longest podcast ever. Hey, we got to get through all of them. We got to get through 100 pitchers. We've done it. We got through 115, Gray. That's uh, that's as good as we're going to do, I think. <laughs> oh I was wondering why I was losing my yep, voice. That's, that's why. <laughs> Wow, this is like the, a Dan Carlin podcast. Holy crap. Energizer Bunny style. Okay. But we're, we're finally done, Gray. I'll talk to you next week when we get on to some of the, the actual news and drafting stuff and, uh, and all that stuff. That's it. All right, lads. <laughs>